0: I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch presents the Santa Claus's Christmas Extravaganza. Different than the normal Christmas Extravaganza cuz it's Santa Claus's. It's different. <laughs>
1: It's another Christmas extravaganza. You ever notice how we basically only have extravaganzas? Do you think we should get a thesaurus?
0: Um, No. I think we should get a, a thesaurus or a book that tells you
1: synonyms. Sure. We could get one of those, too. We get both. Um, We never have bonanzas. Is it because it's too associated with, like, the Old West?
0: Yeah. we We tend to avoid bonanzas because of the, like, whole segregation
1: yeah. thing that's associated with it it's yeah we, it's all it's all because of Plessy versus Ferguson and the Missouri Compromise yeah I, we I have understood. a open opportunity yeah. box social yep what's what's some other synonyms for extravaganza that you can name off the top of your head um bo- bo-
0: big thing nope.
1: yeah I mean that's one <laughs> yeah let's call let's change it up welcome to Santa Claus is the big thing yeah
0: <laughs> It's so our special Christmas episode, which is the big thing. It's the big show. The big thing sounds like that Tim Allen movie that was delayed because of nine eleven for some reason. Welcome
1: to the big, sh- the big thing. <laughs> uh yeah. But we're, we love to watch. We're a movie podcast. Pick a theme. We do movies over the course month around that theme. And we're in our last week. We're at last episode of twenty twenty two. That'll be new, anyways. Um, and we're at, of our last month week of our cursed Christmas special feels a little bit disingenuous for doing this as curse Christmas because Peter we did a few years ago we did the Santa Claus trilogy we did it as a special secret surprise episode not for our curse Christmas month but for our Christmas classics that we love month because we love Santa Claus one and two and we but we knew they were doing a Disney plus Santa Claus TV show with noted person who can do no wrong Tim Allen
0: mm-hmm Timothy Allen.
1: Timothy Allen is his – yeah, that's his That's his Christian and his family name. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think he has a Christian name, <laughs> you better explain where he came from, buddy. Um, And, and they're doing – it was called the Santa Clauses, and it was bringing back most people from the movies. Notably not Martin Short or anyone associated with the third Santa Claus movie.
0: They kind of – they do some uh, retrofitting of, you know – old answers from the series and old questions that people and old jokes people would make about the movies. And they do a bit of, uh, Santa Claus three, uh, the escape clause, uh, washing.
1: They do. They, it's noted a little bit like it isn't frost washing. The thing about this is every time they look at that goddamn piece of paper, there's new writing on it, explaining more of the lore of what it means to be Santa Claus. Uh, Each movie, each episode, has more information. Like, they should have just read the whole thing at the beginning, and I feel like they're just avoiding a lot of these surprises later on. But they don't, because they're stupid. I think we expected this to be bad.
0: I, I expected it to be horrible, which is why we selected it for as Chris
1: Yeah, for Curse Christmas. I also, in its horribleness, expected to enjoy it quite a bit. Because uh, you've already rewatched, we're recording this on the fifteenth. You've already rewatched all the Santa Claus movies, including mm-hmm. the Escape Clause,
0: mm-hmm. which is got to do all three.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course.
0: A thing no one has said except for me. Yeah, and my wife. I mean, <laughs> I also listened to to note. I also went back and listened to our episode from two thousand and eighteen. I believe it is
1: interesting. I'm I'm interested because I I still have a theory as to why. I am still weirdly like fond of Tim Allen. And I think we talked about this in 2018 Mm -hmm. about why he kind of gets a pass is not something I am in any position to offer him. But for some reason, (laughs) he has horrific views. He's a big dumb, dumb, dumb. I don't know how else to say it. He is. But there is there's affection for I have for him as like a somewhat sweet, idiotic boomer dad figure who would have thought that in
0: last year i would have been like they're making a buzz lightyear movie and tim allen's not doing the voice
1: yeah um and i mean he has <laughs> the thing is i think you know i think part of it is that like his arguments are so off the mark and so misguided and seem to come from a place of a real idiot who just doesn't quite understand anything that it's it's hard to be mad at. he's not saying like incredibly hateful things now I wouldn't be surprised if he has incredible hateful feelings about stuff mm-hmm. but the kind of stuff he says is like a clip that's been going on recently even though it was from a, y- a few years ago where he was talking about how his daughter uh, is an atheist and hates God and he's like oh yeah you hate God well then there's gotta be a God for you to believe in t- to hate him like God has to exist for you, and it's so funny because it's like you know there's so many TikTok reaction videos of people being like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I hate the villain of the Harry Potter movies. It doesn't mean he's. You can absolutely hate someone that doesn't exist. Like, also, that's... this is a fi- this is a fictional fi- in my in my personal
0: take. We're not this is we're not debating yeah. atheism versus theism here. Uh, regardless of whether or not God is real. He's had an enormous impact on the cultural history of of America. Yeah. um, Um, And Europe and the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. And so, like, there's all that funny Twitter stuff where he just gets everything wrong. Like, he misspells Karl Marx's name. And, like, you know. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. It's just an ongoing, like, you know, conservatives being silenced in Hollywood at the same time they announced the renewal of his show. Like, it's. It's, it, he feels like a fucking, uh, you know, uh, 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 Sideshow Bob rake thing where, like, he's really trying to be the Dean Cain, Kevin Sorbo, like, I'm going to represent conservatives in Hollywood. Instead, he gives off this very much like, oh, you're trying so hard to be a little, <laughs> you know, you're doing your best, man. like he, he but He's just... also family friendly, so he's not
0: coming out and doing, like, a Chappelle thing and being like transphobic in his stand-up or whatever. He's not doing... Um, he's not coming out and, like, endorsing Trump or whatever. He's still trying to toe this line where he's like, I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative
1: in Hollywood. I don't like to get
0: into the politics. Yeah, because... It's such a, a, an annoying thing to be. However, for some reason, both of us have decided to give whatever version of a pass we're allowed to give.
1: <laughs> well, again, we, we're we not in charge of giving passes, but I think... Don't. I think he just is so, like... He gives off, like, boomer dad energy in a weirdly positive way. And I think maybe this is what we talked about in 2018. But but my sense is still that, like, he is the platonic ideal of a boomer dad. Like, he gets stuff wrong about politics because he's not especially engaged. And you actually don't want him all that engaged. Like, he needs to be a ghost to church almost every Sunday for an obligation type person. You don't want him heavily invested in religion because that's where (laughs) fucking nuts run. He like sees one Fox news report and goes that they said, that guy's a good guy. And that guy's a bad guy. And I like good guys. And like, that's, that's about as far as he's thought for politics. And I, and
0: California is pretty weird. That's about as far as.
1: Yeah. He's, he's generally ignorant and he is, has been dragged kicking and screaming into an era where like empathy and feelings and individuality and all these other things are uh, are valued by younger generations. And he is going those kicking and screaming. He's the type of boomer dad that. Wishes things were like the old days. But I think – and this isn't a Tim Allen thing. This is definitely a the type of characters he plays and how he's portrayed. I I have no idea if he's like this in real life. But I think why I have affection for him is that in that platonic idea of the boomer dad, he in Home Improvement and Santa Claus movies and Galaxy Quest and other things that he's in, he can be an asshole. But he always plays characters that whether it's episode by episode or movie by movie – comes around and does the right thing. That's what made Home Alone – or not Home Alone. Home Improvement such a good show. Like, I mean, for a 90s sitcom, right? He always was a pig-headed idiot with the way he treated his wife and his kids, and they would express themselves, and he'd go, that's stupid. Why would you do that? But, you know, in a sitcom Don't way – Don't be goth. Yeah. Yeah, where he ended up as a goth. and at But at the end of the episode, he – would try to relate and do his best to try to do what I think many of us who were raised by boomer dads who didn't do that like we 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 were raised by boomer's dad who never had the point in the last 5 minutes of the sitcom episode where they realized they were being stupid and insensitive and pig heads and then tried their best to do the right thing. And so I think like as a You're correct as the a fact that he was trying. Yeah. So, like, not as a real person, but as a figure and as someone that I grew up with and a lot of people our age grew up with, um, he, it's hard not to have affection for him because he was, in a sitcom way, the version of our dad that both felt realistic to want for. We're not gonna have, like, fucking, um, you know, uh, what was his name in Family Ties? The dad from Family Ties. It was like, yeah. like you don't you don't get a Family Ties dad, but you could have a Home Improvement dad who at least came around at the end of each you know incident or episode yeah. and tried to do the right thing. And so, right, wrong, or otherwise, the fact that Tim Allen has gravitated towards those roles, separate from him as an individual, has ingrained this remarkable, almost like Stockholm syndrome effect where. He hasn't done anything so uh, you know outrageous that I've been like, oh man, he he became a Kevin Sorbo, Dean Kane type. But he also is meeting my realistic expectation of Tim Allen, which is a big dumb dumb who says stupid things sometimes. But you know, he's trying his best.
0: I I think you've you've nailed the the you've nailed it right on the head. Um, it's it's um, it's about the fact that he was trying. It's about the fact that like it was yeah like I had a. Like my dad is not as conservative as he was when I was growing up but like my my dad was like a pretty stubborn dude for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I love him very much. We have a great relationship. Now, he's a very stubborn dude, but he's like very much that boomer kind of thing where he's like the old way is best and I've made a decision, so that decision yep. is sticking and my dad is And changing softened. your mind
1: would be weakness. So, yeah, I can't.
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and my dad has, has very much softened over the years and become like more of an open minded guy whose politics have like moved more toward the center or even the left in some cases. And like, I, I'm very proud of him for like mm-hmm. for doing growth. Um, but like, I absolutely thought of these dads growing up where I was like, I was like, Oh, like, it is sweet that at the end of the day, he admitted that he was wrong. Yeah. And like And, like, tried to do better. And even if next week he fucks up again, like, you know, like, that's that's part of the deal, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to not uh, not bury Tim Allen here, but, like, I, d- I have seen some episodes of Last Man Standing, which is going to come up a few times in sort of, like, the lead-up to what Santa Claus is, is. And Last Man Standing is a bad show. Um it's not the worst show on planet Earth. There are shows with better politics that are less funny. Mm. Um, it has a couple of good jokes in an episode. Um, it is, but it has a more modern, more stubborn, mm. more um, trollish kind of attitude towards political issues, hot button issues, cultural changes. The things that really like make people fucking hate boomers uh, has more of a trollish attitude. Um, I saw a few episodes when I was on an airplane and I was just like, let's, what is this? Like, let's, let's watch this. Um, you know, you have like... I was tempted minutes, at, a, so you, I was tempted at one point
1: too when it showed up on some streaming channel. Like, I'm not going to like this, but is this background TV I could enjoy? But I didn't do it, but...
0: I, I'm always kind of looking for the next, like, Himmium kind of thing, where yeah. I'm like... Where I, how I Met Your Mother, excuse me. Where I'm like, this is a sweet sitcom. It scratches a few itches. Like, you know, this is something to watch when we don't want, want to watch yeah. anything else. Um, <laughs> similarly, we're going to talk about Modern Family, which was uh, written and produced by Jack Burdett, who uh, is going to be a key creative figure here. Um, but Last, Last Man Standing is has a little bit of a meaner tone than than um, home improvement it's a little bit more trollish um the couple episodes I watched they had situations where like he admitted he was wrong and he did sort of the home improvement episode and then a couple episodes were like him being like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make up with you um because you're never gonna come to me so you know families mm-hmm. have to get along so which is like, not much better than nothing yeah (laughs) because you're like it's not anybody admitting they're wrong it's just two people being like hey we can make it through family dinner right yeah um and it's largely just making fun of there's a lot of like hipster meat hipster jokes there's a lot of like really outdated very um old school kind of like liberal jokes Mm -hmm. like oh liberals love avocados that kind of bullshit um (laughs) so lazier
1: lazy if you're lazier than an abc family sitcom from the 90s it's pretty pretty yeah. harsh and, indictment
0: <laughs> and it's not a political diatribe it's mostly just about like it's it's mostly just about like oh, what do you mean you're uh what do you mean you're not minor? it's what all the it's, I, mean, I mean those it's, uh, in some uh,
1: ways it's the two <laughs> path those boomer dads took from the 90s right they either were like see i was right all along <laughs> To, to yeah. think that you got to be a man and not care about people's feelings. But no, the feminazis got, you know, something like that. I mean, that is a path, right? There are, there are many people who as stuff like Fox News and conservative media or Donald Trump later on became more prevalent. It was like an excuse for them to take some pretty significant step backwards in at least their like perceived and public behavior right like I gotta do this because that's what society's telling me I need to do some people that made them a better person and you know it's the thing of like if you pretend to laugh or pretend to smile you'll be in a better mood uh, you know if you go along with these things eventually you might understand the empathy's good the and all these, yeah it. yeah the reason
0: why people say you should behave this way and treat these people with respect yeah. um because they're people yeah um but um the the last man standing thing, I will say, yeah, it was a mixed bag between, like, the home improvement sweetness and, like, this newfangled, um, like, troll version of Republicans, where it's it's not about being necessarily, like, morally right or getting the moral upper hand, upper hand but it's about, like, making the- on in
1: happen. the libs! And it's
0: never gonna be on the level of, like, the shit you see online. It's always gonna be just sort of, like, poking fun. And- and he's like I like to laugh at everybody, but then the episode is just mostly making fun of his like liberal son-in-law. Yeah. Um. And I quickly was like, I'm done with the show. So Jack Burdett is a writer, producer, sort of like the head creative minds behind Last Man Standing, but he also worked on like major, incredibly funny shows like Thirty Rock, Kimmy Schmidt, Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not saying he was the Tina Fey of that of those shows, um, but. He he did like He was a Rachel Tratch. He's a Rachel Tratch. But he did like break story concepts and like yeah. bring in jokes and keep these shows running and keep these shows as funny as they, they were, right? Um so like I can't totally take that away from him. There's also like um I'm sorry, what's one what name? There's also uh, like a right, there's a few writers on this that are like one of them wrote for like, you're the worst. There's writers on here that have written for like yeah. really great shows. And so it, 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 but it does feel like a product that was assembled by a team of diverse voices very similar to 30 Rock, where th- the reason 30 Rock is so funny is because you'll get like a vaudeville joke. You'll get a new absurdist type joke. And, and then you'll get, like, a classic alt-comedy joke that has, like, a fucking disgusting punchline. And then they'll go back to, like, a fucking 1940s squeaky clean vaudeville joke. And, like, they'll do all of this, and somehow 30 Rock makes it work because it's about this weird, uh, abstract TV family. Um, and it's also sort of satiric and pirat- piratical, which lets it get away with a lot more. Um, Not everything. This- not everything almost everything there's notably an episode called Christmas Attack Zone that you can't find anywhere cuz it had a blackface in it yeah. and i don't think you should do that um that's where i'm going to stop offering my opinion cuz i don't think you should do that um so um moving on i think that uh the santa clauses because it brings in, like, these, like, a lot of voices. Some of them have, like, you know, really hacky mm-hmm. voices. And some of them, like, more young, younger, like, more um, vibrant voices. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people are just, like, old school comedy hands, right? They're just like, I know how to write a fucking joke. And the show feels like a beast like that. Like, it feels like there's a really great, like, really clever joke you're not expecting. And then there's, like, a pun that's, like, it goes beyond dad pun. Like, it's not really, like, even worth talking about and then there's like a something that's a tim allen level just like
1: don't stand too close to a naked man book like <laughs> rejects yeah
0: yes 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 just like, uh, oh. like a little a little splash of my conservatism in no. there there's a, there's like, really not that much of of that like it, there's it's very little it's very little and the news cycle definitely <laughs> picked up on the bait on that, yeah, and uh, they made it to seem like, and I, th- I think that it probably affected your perceptive b- perception before you watched the first episode, right?
1: I don't know if it, it affected my perception. Maybe because you were pretty quick to, or even the rest of the article, I think I read when you got past the clickbait headline was like, most of the show isn't like this, but they did say this once, and it's like, oh, okay, who cares? Um, I also think Just like only a little bit of old man, old man yells at cloud. Kind well, of. that's the thing; it's it, it's not those those moments. Where Tim Allen is saying like Tim Alleny like isn't this stupid how people are different than me stuff, it is also very much framed like Tim Allen is out of touch in this this show like mm-hmm. he's framed as out of touch and everyone's like why can't I do things the old way and the movies the TV show miniseries whatever it is is not like fully aligned to Tim Allen is right about everything as a matter of fact. The whole part of – the whole six-episode arc is about he's been wrong about everything. So, like, it it feels – it feels very much in line with a lot of other things that I've seen Tim Allen in where he has a bad attitude. He thinks things shouldn't have been different than the way he would want them and at the end realizes he's been wrong. No one ever addresses the Merry Christmas thing. Some of it almost feels like a parody of, like – people say this and we're doing a Christmas show so let's throw it in like it does at no point even when he says like you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore does it feel like I'm watching like some sort of like Fox News produced attempt at a comedy like you know the half hour hour or whatever it is where it's like we are Good so health. we are so focused on getting our agenda into this, that, like, we're going to cram in every buzzword that's going to make our audience cheer. Like, it it feels so innocuous or at the best of Attempted Parody, and those moments are few and far between. But that also gets to, like, the other reason why I think, like, I still have affection for Tim Allen. Tim Allen has been in, depending on your feelings of the first two Santa Clauses movies, let's accept those, even though he's been in a lot of Christmas movies, Tim Allen has essentially been in one thing that I would say is unequivocally great, right? And that's Galaxy Quest. He's essentially, like, I love the first Santa Claus. It's definitely nostalgia. I feel the same way about the second uh, Santa Claus. I can still watch Home Alone. Or not, God damn it! it's the Christmas season. It's fucking me up with that. Home Improvement and still find it funny and, like, there's a couple other – like I like I, – I told you I think Big Trouble is pretty good or at least I remember enjoying it. But the thing about Tim Allen is that he is a very funny figure and he's not funny in like a fucking Tim and Eric like, you know, these are my favorite comedians or best comic actors – but especially from the era like I have in the last few years – we did an episode on this for a Christmas special – have watched a shit ton of Full House episodes because there was a stretch where my oldest daughter, Maya, was obsessed with Full House and she just would watch the series over and over. It's kind of like what I'm experiencing with Adventure Time for the last two years. Like I've seen every – there's 200 episodes of Adventure Time. I've seen every single one like 10 times because Elliot, all she does is watch Adventure Time. And Maya, all she watched for a while was Full House. And you see, like Bob Saget, R.I.P., and Joey, whatever. What's his Dave Cool? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And especially those two. John Stammes has a little bit, and they are like like Home Improvement, delivering hacky '90s ABC family sitcom lines. Like they're not. It's not particularly well written. Mm. You get by in a lot of character stuff. And they are terrible at their delivery. You are watching hacky actors in a hacky sitcom and they can be enjoying it. That goes with most of the shows of that era. When you go back and watch A Family Matters or Step by Step or all those other shows that came out, it is just like bad actors delivering bad lines. And they get away from it because they have good premises or characters that you like just in general or actors you like in general or nostalgia for them. Tim Allen was different than those other sitcom dads because he was funny. Like, he was delivering hacky lines, but they were hacky lines with his, like, generic stand up comedy. And he could hit a punchline. He could express, again, I, I know I'm damning him with faint praise, but he did seem different. Than the other clueless sitcoms dads of the eighties and nineties, and I think that's also what helped make Home Improvement just a huge fucking monster of a show. Because it's like, oh, what if we did this setup with an actual funny dad at the center? So, some of
0: this shit is also goes back to like almost like um uh, like almost genetic components. There are people. Obviously, he's worked very hard. At his punchline, his timing. He's he's spent yeah. Year, he spent years as a stand-up before he, you know, blew up to it, massive fame. Let's not yeah. let's not pretend Home Improvement is like seven, no. It was
1: a, it was nine, a number one show at a time when fifty million people watched the number one show.
0: There's a reason why he's still relevant. It's not just because of us all year, right? Um, many many people spent a lot a lot of time with Tim the Toolman Taylor and his family. Um, he. So, this almost comes back to a genetic thing. Like some people are just funny inherently. Yeah, I understand that you're never, ever going to be actually funny until you work at it, you, you learn how to write jokes, you um, actually work at your craft, and you know, like, when to hit a button, when to leave something alone, like, that stuff all kind of becomes inherent. He's kind of like a dumb guy that has like a sort of genius genius yeah. understanding of like when to step, when to step back. I don't think that there's there's a there's a million terrible jokes in all of his movies, including this. Yeah, they're they're poorly written, and he's not particularly. This particular, miniseries yeah. that is unfortunately becoming a, a actual running yeah. series for yeah. some reason. But he'll he'll like know how to step on a line perfect or step on yeah. the button perfectly right on the line, and it's like I. You know, like, some of that is just, like, inherent to his character, whether he worked on it or not, and he he knows when to hit a joke. He knows knows
1: how to win. And you know what? I think also it's because so many of those stand-up comics, like, even though the 80s and 90s famously were, like, let's get a stand-up comic and let's build build a show around his stand-up material, essentially. There were tons of those. That was, like, most... a lot of 80s and 90s sitcoms. I do think, like, most of the... Actors that they got were not very good. Like Seinfeld is a famous example of a very funny, funny show that Jerry Seinfeld was not a particularly strong actor for, especially in the early going. Like he did what he needed to do. I I, I don't think like and he surrounded himself with extraordinarily talented um, comedic actors and side characters. But like I think the same thing about Bob, Bob Saget. Bob Saget was a comedian who is not a very good Actor and like, I think even like early Roseanne Barr stuff, and like, you know, other shows like Drew Carey's show is a really good example of a very, like, even though that show's disappeared and doesn't exist anymore, like, that was a very funny, well written show. Um, that Drew Carey took a while to get funny on, I think. Like, he seemed like out of place, he seemed like a stamina. He
0: brought in in, like very funny. He brought in people that were legends in, like, improv yeah. and skit comedy uh, yeah. worlds that nobody on TV knew. But, well, most people on TV didn't know. Um, he brought them in and gave them, like, fucking scripted roles. Yeah. And lots of money to come in and be his weird co-workers and his weird neighbors. And yeah. it balanced the show out. Seinfeld, if if Seinfeld it was about him going and visiting weirdo to weirdo or even yep. him going on dates. And then occasionally he runs into a weirdo like his, uh, his uncle, uh, not if the show doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Benfold, and Roseanne like surrounded John Goodman flooded, is one of the best right. actors, period. Right. Like they surrounded themselves with these very talented people that even though it was their voice and their show, it was like, they were bayoued by a lot of talent and a lot of comedic voices so that they could carry the weight of a lack of acting experience. Patricia Richardson in Home Improvement is very good, but Tim Allen carries that She She's a thankless
0: role, by
1: the way. I mean, of course, it's a thankless
0: role. She's largely the scolding mother. She yeah. occasionally gets in on the fun, but she's largely there to tell yeah. Tim that he fucked up. Like, that's a very thankless role that she made as, she made as much hay out of it as she could.
1: Yeah. And again, Roseanne Seinfeld... Drew Carey Show, all better shows than Home Improvement. Home Improvement is the one that basically we're going to center most of the funny stuff on Tim Allen and everyone else is going to react to him being funny. And that – the reason why those other shows didn't do that is because you can't always translate that comedian charisma into a sitcom or actor charisma. And even though, again, he was never surrounded besides Galaxy Quest with the strongest material, he – Killed it. Like he killed it in a way that many other funnier comedians w- didn't do or weren't able to rise to. And like when you look at that show, yeah, he had cute kids, and yeah, like Al and like people. The f- he was the funny part, and everyone else in his life was a scold to him. But he was the f- he was the funny part. Like his kids were occasionally funny, but they also were like, "Dad, you're embarrassing me." Dad, you're the worst. And the funny part was that he was embarrassing. He had, I mean, he literally, his life was full of people that thought he was the worst, right? They're all straight men to him. Al Borland is a straight man. His wife is a straight man. His neighbor is a straight man of being like, you're an idiot and here's why I need to teach you a lesson. All the jokes and all the comedic moments are stemming from him. And that's putting a lot in his faith of in, a, in the ability of a stand-up comic to carry the charisma and the comedy in a sitcom. And he's the o- one of the only ones I can think of that was able to do that. So he clearly has a ton of talent and natural charisma as an actor and as a leading man, even if he yeah. never got the best material to, to, to work with. And I want to, while
0: we're there, um, like, I want to talk about, like, this is probably things we've said in the first, uh, 20, 30 minutes of this episode have probably made a few people, um, uh, say you're full of shit yeah. or cringe or look away. I want to be very clear that like working on a sitcom, reputable and very difficult task yeah. this is not something that people stumble into, in, in, into greatness on. I also want to know that, like, uh, while we're talking about that as well, like, we are particularly passionate about Christmas movies, and we spend a month of the year talking about this stuff. We're particularly passionate about this. Not everyone shares our particular passion. <laughs> However, we've now made it far enough down this rabbit hole that I feel like our obsession with, with Christmas and our obsession with, notably, Tim Allen Christmases, <laughs> not just the Santa Claus, but our Tim Allen Christmases. Yeah. Does um, kind of constitute us to cover the Santa Claus's show, yeah? Because I think it actually demonstrates a lot of Tim Allen's strengths. Um, it's actually a show that demonstrates like what a good writers' room can do for a terrible concept for a show. But it also, I think um, you know, fresh off the presses. Last I, we watched the last episode last last night. night. Aired. I mean, that's
1: when it aired. Yeah, yeah. Um, we say fresh aired as opposed to dropped, which is technically... plopped. The uh, but
0: the, the episode did come out weekly, which I thought was yeah. a good choice. Um, I At first, I was annoyed by it, but I thought it was a good choice. That I think the show got a little bit poisoned by the Disney franchise well. And a lot of the stuff that I don't like about this is not because of Tim Allen. It's not because of um, any particular Santa Claus or Christmas kind of, you know, burnout. Burn um, it's not even because I'm sick of the franchise. It's because of some disnification of what the concept of this show could be, and not just letting it be a sweet, fun little adventure that lets us say goodbye to Scott Calvin.
1: Yeah, I also think the way it falls down is the inability to not add, like... Now, in fairness to this series, and I think it's part of the joke, this series has always been very lore and myth-heavy, and weirdo mysteries that it doesn't necessarily have any interest in answering. We We had so many jokes in our trilogy episode about, like, so, you know, the fact that, like, the guy died and then – and then he became Santa Claus, and oh my god, Santa Claus 3 addresses that he basically killed someone, but maybe it was good that he killed someone. And like, and I, I joked about it every time they look at that goddamn paper that holds the Santa Claus with an E, they keep seeing, like, oh, there's a Mrs. Claus that's even smaller. Oh, there's an escape clause that's either even smaller. Oh, there's a retirement clause that's even, even smaller. Like, it's an ongoing joke about how much rules and mythology are tied into this. Where I think this show, like, just loses me from a, like, I'm not interested in this is when they're like, we're going to explain all of those things that were kind of silly jokes about how much, like, that were there to drive the plot forward. Like, you know, the reason why they kept discovering new clauses is so they could have a plot for the next movie. Like, in the second one, he has to get married. In the third one, he has to – he has an opportunity to leave if he gets bored with it in a way that – uh, exits him back into his real life with like right is that what happens I forget what these yeah, are. Yeah,
0: yeah 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 it's the same reason why they can bring Godzilla back to life um it's the same reason why they can bring any supervillain back to life yeah because you cut ca- you came up with one more tweak on the formula because if you if you make this little buy in that
1: yeah. there's this one more rule that need, we have to justify you need a McGuffin. okay we can be off to the races yeah you need a MacGuffin so like. The, the expanding lore treated someone as a joke was meant to have a reason to drive a plot for this one. Is and like, it was funny to watch
0: children explain to a grown man why he needs to go find yeah. a wife. How many, like, goddamn, God, God,
1: yeah, how many goddamn rules there were <laughs> in this in this whole like machination of the North Pole going and trying to show the origin of Christmas, the origin of the Santa Claus and like explain away the murder that Scott Calvin did. It's too much going into the like, hey, let's do a Marvel Endgame of the Santa Clauses and finally, exp- like, it's it's dumb, and I I, I don't think it's even Disney occasion. The reason we call it the Disney or the Marvel occasion is because those are series that have done it well, but like everyone that's tried to be a franchise in the last 15 years has been like, we're gonna have lore, and origins, and prequel stuff that explains things and like, of all the, the things that did not need, I understand not say I'm trying to fill six episodes, but Jesus Christ like, you do not need the finally explaining what happened to the guy that fell off Scott Calvin's roof and also the fact that this is all part of a grandmaster plan, organized by all the previous magical incarnations of santa like to bring about a new santa that's human that won't like it's like oh my god like no like if it was done as a parody of those things which something like the santa Claus i think could actually do with some better writing like if they were like if everyone thought how stupid and ridiculous it was and no one bought into it and it's like oh my god like what like you there's a way to to make this concept funny because it is inherently ridiculous and the fact that Everyone treats it with the utmost seriousness. Like again, this is a series that had Robot Mussolini at one point, and of course, the whole third movie is like laughably stupid with all the lore that they introduce. But like, it's good when it's about the fact that Santa Claus has raised this dog tooth fight tripe family up in the North Pole. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I wrote down dog
0: tooth. I wrote right down dog tooth too. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, let's let 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 me just say right yeah. now. Okay, so. So the first four episodes, I think, are delightfully weird and charming. Yeah. The fifth episode is where is is almost entirely a dud because it's entirely jumping yeah. back in time. It's trying to retrofit old Everything. plots. It's trying way too hard. So so in the first four episodes, they spent a lot of time making jokes that we were making. Yeah. Like, did the old Santa try and fuck some of the elves? And then there's, like, yeah. inner elf relationships, and they're kind of making hints at, like, some of the weirdness. And... Um, the, the show actually is making jokes about like, about the, the the plot and the lore, and like from, from how the perspective of someone our age, yeah. who wa- would watch yep. the series and be like, "Now that I'm an adult, all this stuff is kind of weird." Yeah. Um, and they went back in time to try and justify it, which is like cute when it's little jokes. When they get to episode five, however, yeah. they start doing the thing that you're describing, which I believe is disnification, which is not just it's not just trying to build a broader. Um, Almost like a a Wikipedia-level, like, deep lore. It's not just that. It's also... Um, them trying to retrofit old parts of the past that don't fit in with the new franchise's goals. Yeah. And then in episode six, they're like, "We've set this up so that we can have as many seasons as we want, and that's the Disney Plus model. It's like you get canceled when we say you're." I
1: mean, it is, a, it is a streaming service.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, it's a big, it's a, it's a big issue that I have with things, just not letting things be things. I, I think in episode five is where I started to get a little shaky on the show. I ended strongly I didn't I, I do. positively I think it
1: like, ends in a way is, that if they didn't do a if they didn't do another there's no like lingering threads really yeah
0: but the, but you're but you're right there is an entire plot point that the Santa Claus uh mythos um that previous Santa Clauses were like a, a, a Benny Jesuit from the Dune series to yeah. create a <laughs> Uh, we saw, It's right. fucking, it's, uh, uh, it's fucking Matrix, uh, of,
1: Matrix, Reloaded, where they meet the Architect. They're like, actually, this is all yeah, part of like, a bigger, it's all
0: part of the plan. It's we all part of generations, a bigger plan. generations of proper breeding to create this. <laughs> yeah. this you were this, the one, yeah. And the the, the 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 this like little bro, Paul Adrettis. um <laughs> yeah,
1: which again is so like, and his sister. If it was a joke. It would be a very funny joke. The idea that like all of this stuff we've seen is literally yeah a a Dune level fucking like we built you <laughs> from the ground up over generations to fulfill your destiny Matrix uh, Matrix Reloaded shit is hilarious. It yeah. is it is supposed it is not a joke. It is taken as a you're you're kind of supposed to go oh holy shit that's what's been happening. I don't know who would feel that way. I guess. For what it's worth, I watched all this with Maya. Unsurprisingly, who who has seen the other Santa Claus movies many times, and she loved it. Like she was so into all of that stuff. She was. It it did work for an eight-year-old to have your mind blown about um, that he was destined to be Santa Claus. I didn't talk about the dog tooth connection with her. I felt like that wasn't uh, appropriate. But it, yeah, I agree. The first four episodes where you realize, because at the end of, or not the end, part of Santa Claus 3 is that he he has his first wife, who's not in this movie, but was in all, or not in this show, but was in the, the, the other three movies, who had married um, uh, Judd. Um, wait, what's the actor's name? Why am I forgetting?
0: Uh, Judge Reinhold. Judge
1: Reinhold. Because I said Judd, and I, then I was like, it's not Nelson. It's a whole different guy. Uh, Judge Reinhold. Judge, um Judge. I'm um, Judge. Uh, Judge Reinhold, who were in all three of the movies, they're not. They're they're one of the few like legacy characters that don't come back for it's, this. It's show. a
0: very weird non-inclusion, I have to say.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's also weird that definitely Char- <laughs> available. <laughs> it was also weird to me that Charlie was in five minutes. It was good to see him. It was weird. That weird to he- see him. Weird to see him. It was
0: weird not that he th- looks weird. He's a handsome man. Yeah, but yeah. he's 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 he is so generic looking in a way yeah. that's like you'd see him at work or in a bar and you'd be like that's a handsome man yeah but you, like he you, has he has no none of that kid sparkle left which is probably good for him because so a lot just of live, child actors end live, up just growing live. weird looking he can just live, live his life he doesn't have baby face like and, and like he, and he had baby face well through his teens
1: yeah no he just looks like an adult man
0: <laughs> he looks like an adult man he looks like a handsome adult man
1: like, so that was the thing at the at the end of the third movie. Like, he has this other kid, Charlie, but now he's married Elizabeth Mitchell, and they're going to start – they have a baby in the, in the first one. And this, this show takes place, you know, whatever, 15 years later, and they ended up having two kids that they've raised entirely at the North Pole, have never left, are watching VR about reality, and there is all these things about, like, them being weird and too close, and that also, like, that, like – they don't even know what kid there's a scene, I think, in like the third episode where they're like, oh, that's right. You don't even know what you do if you meet a girl and, and how to kiss someone that he's having with both of his kids. And I'm like, Ch-. that's when I wrote Dog Tooth. I'm like, are you gonna suggest <laughs> that they practice on each other? Like, what is happening in this show? Uh but it's weird. It's a weird existence that he has two high school age teenagers that have been raised in seclusion in the North Pole with a bunch of elves, which the kids are funny and they're, like, game for this, but, like, it's so bizarre and so weird and everyone just acts like an insane person that I was enjoying that. And then
2: mm-hmm.
1: – uh, and I was enjoying their fish-out-of-water sensibilities when they start going to a high school. And, you know, I could have gone for more of that because I think that was working the actors' are game and it has some funny moments – or charming moments as opposed also to like. I think the
0: casting in the show is, is pretty darn good.
1: It's good. Like, I, I, I like pretty much everything. All the elves are great. The security elf was my favorite by far. He it's was so. It's the most talented cast of elves they've ever had. Yeah, by far. Um, he was yeah the whole thing's good and then to like dip back I actually think even just having you and I have talked about this with regards to the second I think the second Santa Claus movie is 50% a fantastic movie that I love and 50% the worst excesses of Christmas movies uh, family Christmas movies where like all the stuff with him having to find a wife and being charming and falling in love with Elizabeth Mitchell is all fantastic I love all that stuff and everything with rudolph and and, and chet Ro- and chet oh it's chet sorry it's not it's not rudolph uh and robot mussolini and it, none of that and candy coated north pole none of that works at all but and then, however the candy coated
0: part is the reason that the other half exists and the other yeah half
1: but insane. they did too much of a plot like it has the classic family movie trope where it's like well we need a villain and so you have all these movies that have villains for no reason. The great thing about Santa Claus, the first one, is there is no villain, right? The villain is that no one believes that this guy is turning into Santa Claus, and that's funny. You don't need a villain in... Even Santa. the ex-wife who put an Amber Alert out is <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need a villain in the second one, and the third one is all villain, basically, and it's Death terrible. As a-
0: yeah, it is. It is. I, I just want to note, we already talked about that in our episode, please listen to it, Um the reason that, just in, in a line, the reason that I think Jack, for, or the third one, is so good is because, um, not so good. Yeah, so what are you, you saying? See, so I think, because I think Martin Short is amazing in it, Alan Arkin is so fucking Alan funny, Arkin's good. half-assing every line reading, you <laughs> you're, you <you're> Father Christmas, <laughs> and I'm your father-in-law, that means I'm, I'm Father-in-law Christmas. Like, every fucking line reading, he is asleep. It's amazing. Yeah. He had just won an Oscar. Um, <laughs> and um, and then I think that in the last half hour, they do a, it's a wonderful life thing and also a looper thing where they need to kill the original Sam. Oh, yeah. They have Claus to go back and, and sure, purposely kill him. Yeah. Make sure that he dies. Um, if you don't want to use the word kill or murder, he has to make sure that a man dies. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, All of that makes for a fascinating sequel, whereas a lot of these movies' sequels, they just redo the plot from the old movies um, when they run out of money. I think that's all fascinating. But but, but the
1: thing is, like, even there we said, we don't need the Jack Frost. Have him have more of the movie being about he got a chance to go back and be a normal dude again and do It's a Wonderful Life. And... And then it's a, have great, some it's a great plot to steal. Great, it's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's thematically and seasonally appropriate. Like, do that. Don't have this other guy who's also chasing you through the timeline to have a different outcome. Like, again, the movies would have been better without a villain. And I think that's the same thing here. Like, I, who doesn't like Cal Penn? I like Cal Penn. I think having a villain who's trying to be a Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk type and ruin Christmas. Is the least interesting, and the Christmas spirit dying is the least interesting part of this. Like, the, the... I
0: I disagree half. Okay. You don't want to. Disagree? I think that he needs to be resolved as a villain after like two episodes in the middle, and then he comes back around and becomes part of the team or whatever. Yeah, um, sure. The but it making him as but like making him a villain that, that the second half of the series is like tracking over. It's too much. It's too much. I also was talking to my wife about this and was like, would anyone mind if they cut a lot of the season five lore shit or episode five lore shit and cut this into a 215 movie, a two two and a half hour movie at most? Uh, And and then I would watch that as Santa Claus Four every year. No, no one would mind.
1: No. Um, well, I don't think but, anyone mind if, yeah, just like, hey, he let this guy take over and he's not real Santa Claus, but he goes back and gives his children some sort of life. And he's not Santa Claus and he's a Jeff Bezos, so he's fucking things up. But it's not like, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm going to make the elves disappear. I don't care about it. Like, that's the mistake
0: you know well-meaning
1: fun? idiots are better than villains in these types of movies yeah exactly
0: especially for kids movies because someone gets to hug them and make them remember yeah. the true meaning of christmas and they're like i'll stop how can i help you make my sin yeah. better um i you know it's funny i listened back to our old episode just to like know to like remind myself i like, kind of like what headspace i was in when we recorded that mm-hmm. um how many times did you think a joke called... you were
1: about to say right before you said it that's always fun twice problem. yeah happens every time it was
0: it was very embarrassing because i was in my i was in my car alone and i made a joke out loud and then i made it a second later
1: that happens anytime we listen to old episodes it's it's a weird unvetted scientific experience that proves we don't have free will
0: yeah four 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 years ago i have no idea what what was said in the episodes why i want to listen to it i at some point said here's the thing about modern santa claus is that amazon picks up on your your habits and it knows exactly what you want and in a weird way like a modern santa claus is kind of creep creepy when it actually exists which is that like (laughs) you have so much you have so much data out there on you that like you get served an instagram ad that's like something that's perfect for you it's absolutely incredible it's what you want um, and then eventually, that becomes exhausting and creepy that they're constantly trying to find you stuff to yeah. sell. And even if it's something that you like, it's it eventually becomes like exhausting. And I made this point, and it's pretty funny that the show ends up being a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, um, my problem with um, the series has—I mean, we already talked about the fact that they're doing a season two. I really would have liked this to be a one mini series saying goodbye to Scott Calvin. Scott Calvin passes the baton off to somebody. they
1: set up why is he passing the baton off like isn't he a magic ageless creature once it becomes i don't understand why he's getting older i understand uh tim allen's getting older i i I like the idea that like he lives for eternity until he decides like to go back to being human and then he gets mortality again yeah (laughs) but anyways sorry
0: but my, my point my point here is that when i first started the show i thought it was going to be a a timely tale especially coming from Tim Allen, uh, about a boomer deciding to retire and being like, you know what? It is time for me to step aside. And it being very hard for him to step aside, it being very hard for him to retire, him admitting out loud, he says out loud, just like he does in Santa Claus 2, I wasn't the best father to Charlie. I wasn't around the way it could have been. I want to be around for these kids' lives and these kids deserve a normal life. Yeah. And then at some point at the end of the show, this is my real core issue with the show. It doesn't have to do with the Amazon stuff. And frankly, I find the lore stuff annoying, but I can mostly ignore it in my head. I find it very annoying that at the end of the show, they find a way to flip that around and be like, actually, I need to be double Santa Claus and my kids are fine at the North Pole. <laughs> I really don't like that. I don't like that at all. I feel like they should have they chased, chased the story where it was going which was that Scott Calvin's stepping aside, he's finding a new Santa Claus, and his kids, who don't actually have to live at the North Pole. No. We clarified in our episode, actually, that in the first Santa Claus, Scott Calvin lives and just does his normal job, and then he starts to get fat around July or something.
1: Yeah, and then um, at, so, at some point he decides, in Santa Claus 2, he's like, I live here now, I love being Santa Claus.
0: He, on all of a sudden, yeah. is like, he's all of a sudden about, like, toy optimization and shit. He's... Like, he, he's not just, yeah. um, he's not just about delivery.
1: Yeah, that it should have been, like, used... a nerve, I mean, th- that works as a nervous breakdown where people are like, dude, can you, like, get, like, a family or a wife so you're not, like, just by yourself, you know? The whole, yeah, you're right, though. managing The joke Literally of the Santa. To fix toys. 100%. The great joke of the original Santa Claus was how unnecessary Santa Claus was to the operation until Christmas night that elves were doing anything anyways. They had a great system worked out we'll come and get you when you have to check the list and then you got to deliver the presents. And that's, that's where you fit in the equation. I agree. Sticking with that would have been better.
0: Boomers need to retire. Like I, the show, the show started off with this amazing sort of meta theme and like just push, pushing on. Also just speaking for per, personally, for my interests, I get very invested in movies that are kind of about saying goodbye to older actors like yeah i don't like i don't love um into the wild but i love it as sort of like a final love letter from hal holbrook to us like i i'm one of the only people on the planet that enjoys the movie sabotage by david ayers um and mostly what i enjoy about that um it's essentially a 10 little indians story about a bunch of cops but it's the the worst of these wicked cops is arnold schwarzenegger at the end of the movie he needs to like find some way to contend with the fact that he's lived this life of violence and he's saying goodbye it's sort of his grand torino um i i really like these uh, tommy lee jones has also been sort of doing a meta version of this for a long time clint eastwood has done a bunch of movies that are basically him saying goodbye he started doing them with unforgiven yeah he's been doing them for, for years he did the mule too yeah um like he's he's been doing movies like this for years. I like movies that are about aging actors. It's it's usually men. It's usually yeah. It's like
1: stars. no nobody's fool or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, but they're, yeah, they're these these actors that are kind of on the tail end of their careers, sort of uh, saying goodbye to us, yeah. and sort of contending with the fact that like yeah. this is what their career. Shaq Fu, thus far, <laughs> Shaq Fu.
1: I mean, he's not going to be in another movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, it Shaq is. Fu the video game. I'm thinking of Kazam. Yeah, you're the, yeah. Shaq Fu was the pie to Shaq in video games. Yeah. <laughs> God. Because NBA, NBA Jam, NBA Jam, T E, Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. Ba,
2: ba, ba.
0: Um, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, the sort of subgenre. Yeah. I really wanted this to, like, force this to be in that subgenre, but, like, a sweeter version of that. Not a, I fuck like, I, I, I did so much violence in my career. Like, a sweeter version where he's like, you know what? I'm an old comedian. I'm pro- he's probably 70, right? How old's Donald?
1: He's in his like late I mean the the funny thing about him is he became really famous like in his late 30s early 40s. So I mean, he's old. Yeah. He, it's like, like he,
2: he
0: if it, he did the show, he gets to gets to do all the old gags, but he gets to say goodbye to Scott Calvin as a character. He didn't really get to say goodbye. To- Actually, he got to say goodbye to Buzz twice. Never mind. Um <laughs> 3 and 4 are both goodbyes to Buzz. Um I I wanted this to be that. It is unfortunately not, and there's going to be another season, which I think will be our Christmas episode next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is very much a he's. Oh, he's sixty nine. Nice. The weed number. Yep, he's the weed number. Uh, he's how many cents more you pay for whatever uh, company you're taking over by buying all their stock <laughs> <laughs> for the loss. I, I agree with you that idea of like boomers stepping down is a good message that more shows should reinforce. Um, I think this reinforces like what boomers actually do, which is, sneak that in. which is <laughs> like, writers yeah, try to sneak that in. Like, oh, well, at the end of the day, give it to your family because they're the only ones that can protect your legacy. And it's tax free when you transfer the North Pole to your children. It's a, you know it's an inheritance tax thing. You don't have to pay the death tax. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think. Um, the problem is is like I didn't have a good place where I wanted this movie to end or this show to end. Because you're right. Like, I didn't want Cal Penn to take over after he clearly didn't deserve being Santa Claus. Um, I didn't just want his kid to take over because it's like, is he plucking that other 16-year-old out of life to be the new Mrs. Claus? Like, what's happening there? He's literally – he's going back to be Santa Claus at the North Pole. He's fucking – Watching male he's doing virtual reality of walking around in Kansas because his life is so like devoid of reality. You, you, you end up. I, I think that the original sin for how you get happy endings in this movie is again changing from Santa Claus one to Santa Claus two, where Santa lives in the North Pole all year round. And it just looks like Santa all year round. Like, that's a buy-in that he ends up doing that really kind of changed some of the dynamic. But also, the flip side of it is, of course, is that, like, I mean, so his family Santa Claus as a group. Who cares? At least it's, you know, at least it's some board of directors, some group of oligarchs as opposed to just a full dictatorship. I don't know. Like,
0: they gotta next get to... Next season should be succession, but for Santa Claus.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... With that, with the or like the elves try to unionize and like take over equal share in the North Pole because they're doing well. I mean, I'd watch that take down a family of oligarchs. Like, I am in a hundred percent if that's where they go next. Like, I like those guys, but not enough that I'm gonna not root for labor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's uh let's get in more um more specifics. Peter, are you ready to talk about the Santa Clauses?
0: Uh, of course.
1: <laughs> of course is. <laughs> of course is. Of course, of course. The news had
2: come out in the First World War. The bloody Red Baron was flying once more. The Allied Command ignored all of his men. And call on Snoopy to do it again. Towards the night before Christmas, four below. When Snoopy went up in search of his foe. And parent, so Peter, we're not gonna we're not gonna go episode by episode, right?
1: We're just we're gonna, gonna right. talk episode by episode, baby. <laughs> Um, I'm not
0: going to run through the plot. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. We're gonna do, we're gonna do broad spots. but I will, I will kind of talk about like in this episode, this happened because I feel like there is sort of like there's like a couple episodes of kind of goofing around, and then there's like two very plot heavy episodes at the end. Yeah. Like so, I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll at least touch there, but no, probably this is not Wikipedia.
1: Okay, let's, so but like let's let's talk about episode one. Do you know what episode one is called? They all have pretty goofy names. Good to ho. Oh, that's right. Good to ho. Yeah. Which I believe is not
0: politically correct. It's called ready for sex work.
1: Oh, yeah. You're good to hoe. <laughs> that's what See, you can say. You're, you're do, you have, do, you have a, do you have an urban garden? <laughs> that feel good to hoe. if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good to ho.
1: Good to It's ho. supposed
0: to be like ho, ho, ho. No, I, I think it's supposed ready to, to be Santa. I think and, it's supposed to be good to go. Good to go.
1: It's a play on good to good to go.
0: But I but the ho part is ho ho ho.
1: Oh, you think so? <laughs> I think so. I haven't seen any collaborating evidence that you, like I read some of the Wikipedia stuff. They didn't mention that. Do you think that
0: when you work at like a bunny ranch and mm-hmm. you get your um S T D and S T I test back? When I do um your doctor you specific I was a generic you, yeah. but you know, you specifically, Aaron Armstrong. Of three two seven one Mount Pleasance Avenue, <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue intersection. That's where
1: I do my remote money ranch work. <laughs> um,
0: that you uh that's not actually your address number, is it? No, I, I it's mean it's not close. It okay, cool. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Um but the um that after you get your S T D and S T I test done
1: mm-hmm. and they're like, You're ready to get out there, you're good to hoe. Oh, not when mine comes back, I assume. <laughs> For me? <laughs> Never they're heard like, the words. They're like, no ho. <laughs> they're not calling yeah. me a name, they mean it like as a verb. Like, no ho. Like, don't do it. No ho yeah. ho. Yeah. You're like, Merry Christmas to you
0: as well. They're like, you
1: have syphilis. <laughs> oh
0: no. I have a I have a Jonathan to service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah, it's called good to ho.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's let's get started. Scott Calvin is more or less where he's at in Santa Claus 2. He's having a great time. He's loving it. He's loving it. Um, He has uh, a family. Uh, Elizabeth Mitchell is back. Still super charming. Mm -hmm. She is best serviced by this show, I think, over most of Santa Claus 2. Not all of it. Yeah, uh, and all of Santa Claus three, every every single waking moment. Of Santa
1: yeah, because there's a good runner that she is the Scott. She's the Santa Claus in the real world because she was very impressive at her job and left a strong legacy behind, and people treat her as a little bit of a celebrity within the inner circles that she walked.
0: So that's also something that they they keep coming back to is how fucking weird it is that Elizabeth Mitchell in Santa Claus two and Santa Claus three immediately accepts the santa claus thing gives up her career that was clearly very important to her mm-hmm. and moves to the fucking north pole and is immediately game for all this in this movie she's she, or in this show she's very much talking about like so mrs claus doesn't get to do anything like there's a lot of jokes
1: about like so what does mrs claus do yeah what's my um, first na- what's my first name that's all in the first yeah. episode too that she's, yeah she's very much like do i even have a first name and she's like and and Scott's like it's Carol and he, she, he's like she's like no that was my first name at, in my pre Santa Claus life but you're Santa Claus what's my first name and he doesn't know what it is and she's like i don't know what it is either yeah and that's and that's fantastic like
0: they um they 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 they're playing with this. They're also playing with the fact that yeah, like back up. She had like a full career and she was happy mm. and she had a full life and she's very much like I left a I left behind a lot of shit,
1: which also makes the ending kind of worse because she also then gives it up again after realizing like, oh, I love being back in the real world.
0: All of them, seem ladies, to have a good don't time. give
1: up your career for a man, even if he's Santa Claus. Yeah, deal breaker,
0: <laughs> ladies. Does your man every year around July gain 70 pounds yeah. and <laughs> tell you to move to a compound in the snowy north? Yeah. <laughs> That's a deal breaker, ladies. Yeah.
1: Ladies, those people that work for him are child slaves. I don't <laughs> care what he says that they're elves. It's concerning. <laughs> Trust your instincts. Deal breaker. Uh, and how come none of these elves seem to be
0: coming back? yeah what's happening to the old elves yeah um deal breaker deal breaker so he also has two kids um one of them uh is the boy um he is uh kind of like maya knew their names
1: and knew who he's kind of
0: like a himbo or something he's like a he's like a he's like a sweet handsome but dummy yeah and then uh the girl is good with animals she's sweet
1: but she's kind of weird he watches Um, he's always playing his damn video games yeah. The, yeah, the it, Oculus it, Rift.
0: Yeah, it is it is uh there's an entire plot thing that runs through particularly the first three episodes where Scott Calvin is, is doing the typical Tim Allen thing where like, kids these days and their technology, but it comes to a good kind of progressive point, which is yeah. like the reason he's escaping into these fantasies is because he has no connection with the outside world and the magic of the North Pole is lost on him because he never lived anywhere yeah. else. And he wants to meet kids, he wants to fall in love. He wants to have a normal, a normal teen, teen experience. And when he gets that opportunity, he flourishes like he, he like loves going to high school.
1: Like, yeah, he's got, like he's got a little fun. bit of, he's got a little bit of buddy the elf energy, right? Like, obviously not as funny, but that kind of like extraordinarily positive. Everything's amazing. He's interested in every little like thing. Is like, ooh, this is exciting for him because even if it's boring for everyone else, it's new to him. And he finds joy in everything.
0: Yeah. And uh, his, the daughter uh, is, she doesn't have like a ton of like personal details in the show compared to the the, the son, but she is good with animals. She's like an animal speaker, um, an animal whisperer, literally like they, she can understand what they're saying because um, not everyone understands Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at the end of the show, she gives them new names. That part's and, funny. Uh, That's a good line. That is. Sure. That part is funny. It's good. It's a good bit. Um, but uh, they're kind of at the. They're at the North Pole, just kind of working through the normal Christmas season stuff. But they have noticed that the Christmas spirit is fading, which is a plot point in literally every all of Santa these Klaus goddamn things. Yeah, it's a thing. In Elf, like all of thing them.
1: them. Like I don't mean Santa all the Chronicles. Santa Claus movies. Yeah.
0: Any movie that's about Santa Claus is real that has the concept that the world is changing and that people don't need Santa as much, so Santa's power is is somehow draining. I think it's even in some of those like MST3K Santa Claus oh, movies. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> at least this one is fun. Like, one of the only things I like about the back in time stuff is they meet Great Depression Santa, who also like lived through like World War II and stuff. <laughs> he was like, You think people lost their Christmas fear at that? <laughs> I was Santa through the Great Depression and World War Two. Like, you know, that that uh that's very funny.
0: It is it is very and funny. And
1: that thing it, like it, that idea that like yeah, everything shit now, boomer idea of Christmas, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, there were worse times to be clear. Yeah,
0: my my Grampy saw more horror show shit <laughs> in 20 years than uh any of us have seen, unless like maybe if you're like a veteran or something. Um, maybe if you had your house taken from you in 2008, and then you served in Iraq, you've seen, you've had a comparable experience to my grandfather, who's 96. No. But, uh, so, uh, in the first episode, it's very much just setting up a sense of place, um, and the, there's, uh, some new elves, notably... Uh two new elves are also very like well cast. Uh Devin Bright plays uh Noel um or Noel, um but I think Noel they call to him make Noel, it sound more yeah. masculine. And then uh, Matilda Lawler plays Betty. Matilda Lawler has not had a long career, Aaron. Um she's uh Well, she's I a child. I have seen uh almost everything she's been in. Um Aaron, have you watched Station 11? Uh no. It's so fucking good dude she's uh a, she's essentially the main character in it the, the it's really an ensemble kind of thing um and it crosses d- generations so but her she's essentially the main character in station 11 and oh, she's I did incredible. see
1: Flora and Ulysses and that was good and I have seen evil I don't remember yeah the two episodes. She,
0: yeah she's uh she's incredibly talented yeah incredibly talented. She plays uh, Betty. So Betty and Noel, and Noel are married, and they're sort of like our <clears throat> sinking point for the show. Uh, and Betty is the head elf, but she's like you know very much like you know keep stuff on on track. They, she's a, she's the Bernard. She's the Bernard, and she's they've dispensed with all all, all the Breslins at this point. No more Bres. Were there
1: Breslins in?
0: I know. That, I know there was a
1: there was a Breslin. Spencer uh,
0: Breslin was in Santa Claus two and three, and Abigail Breslin oh, was in right. a, uh, Santa Claus.
1: Well, because they, they were they were um, Judge Reinhold and his ex wife Wendy da- Wendy Davis Wendy Davis's? Wendy Carlson Wendy Carlson Wendy Davis different actor Wendy yeah Wendy <laughs> I stand with Wendy um of <laughs> I stand with Wendy because they, uh, they had a daughter in two who knew about the Santa Claus stuff she's go- yeah, she's gone too obviously
0: they've kind of dispensed with the the sort of in-laws thing but yeah they the, essentially the, the plot is just setting up that they, they're probably gonna need to find a new Santa Claus and then aside we're introduced to Cal Penn and his daughter very cute sort of thing Cal Penn is sort of a
1: bum- well no he, he, he hold up but he part of the reason they're gonna need to find a new Santa Claus is because he has kind of like he's the chimneys aren't always opening up like he's lost a step and yes. Chris and he's trying he's trying to cover it up like you know, like in the same way of like, oh, your health isn't holding up. That doesn't apply to Santa Claus, but like he's hiding the fact that he's not able to deliver presents as effectively as he, he once was because he's not able to, you know, have the magic going on.
0: Yeah, his his Christmas power is is fading, just like we talked about earlier. It's it's an elf thing. It's a Santa Chronicles thing. Like it's it's. But it feels like he's up Santa Claus. So,
1: but but it feels like he specifically though is also having trouble harnessing what's what remains, right? Like
0: it's true, but it's because there's a there. It's Christmas has gotten stayed
1: because yeah, under his reign, people are like it does feel like they're saying because if not, what's the point of getting a new Santa Claus? Right, he's saying he's done it enough. The way he does it, people are losing interest, time to bring in, you know, fresh, fresh blood. And um, maybe so literally.
0: Penn is And Cal Penn is the, is uh, sort of a uh, fail son billionaire. Uh, are you familiar with a uh, tech billionaire being a fail son? Uh,
1: um, I am. Yep. Yeah. He's like a wannabe Jeff Bezos. At
0: every one he, of these dudes. He invented
1: familiar. the and, VR thing and he's not been able to come. Like. The Oculus that boy son of Santa Claus is using is not an Oculus. It's invented by him. Yeah. But then he can't get anything else off the ground. He's been trying to do no one's been able to crack drone delivery. I'm going to crack drone delivery. uh, But he hasn't been able to do that either. And his drones like accidentally go through a window and like deliver under any cost. Uh, And so he's laughed out of the building.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, there's a very funny scene where one of his drones is, like, supposed to gently drop... Somebody says, Drop like, an aspirin, oh. yeah. Yeah, drop an aspirin. Oh, you want an aspirin? It's supposed to drop an aspirin in front of the guy, and it fucking flies into his head and knocks him yeah. out cold. It's very funny. Um, there's a lot of jokes like that in the show that are, like, more modern jokes, like they wouldn't have been in the previous show, but, like, are pretty basic sitcom stuff at this point, yeah. but it's fun to see it in this environment. And um, so, yeah. Uh, we're kind of setting up all the pieces. There's uh, want. There's uh, people that are wanting for like a new change in life. People that have dreams and aspirations that are unfulfilled. Like we're kind of setting up all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a threat of Christmas not not being enacted. And then as we go into like the second and third episode um scott galvin is exploring the idea of passing on the baton like yeah. he's looking for in the second episode he's looking for because of this new clause this su- 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 successus clause yeah. um, they're making like succession jokes uh, he's looking for a successor
1: yeah like um, you to, can give it up and retire
0: yeah and he looks to his he looks to his it's uh, not a life and death he looks to his is uh by bi- his biological son lives in him in the north po- pole at the north pole and he just doesn't seem ready. Um, he doesn't seem to have, like, the magic touch. He's he's a little too he's, young. He's Kendall. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just not
1: there. He's just not there. Um, I think season two, you do a full... You don't re- get the Santa, Claus. You, I think season two, you those do are, a full... Those are my goddamn... <laughs> recap, or a full remake of the first season. But yeah, you put Brian Cox and the actor plays Kendall. And then that's it. You just do everything else the same.
0: Yeah, in the first episode, I forgot, um, where uh, Santa uh, wakes up in the middle of the night and he's pissing on an elf. Yeah. But it was all uh, uh, eggnog, so it's like a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 funny. Everyone eats candy Although, yeah, there, constantly. There, there is a pretty amazing joke in this that because um, when elves get sick, they, they puke glitter. <laughs> yeah
2: pretty funny (laughs) yeah
1: there's a Um, lot of good like little gags and little jokes right there's no
0: real good place to to drop them or even like there's no real good way to talk about comedy without just being like there's
1: only (laughs) one joke,
0: joke and it was funny
1: there's only one joke that actually made me like fucking laugh out loud um and that's coming up in a second when they do go back to the real world and his son is learning about everything and it's like why is everyone gathering for this picnic this is wonderful and he's like well, it's Memorial Day. And he goes, and everyone gathers for a fun picnic. What do we do on Memorial Day? And it, and it has that perfect Tim Allen, like, condescension, like, annoyed dad. He's like, fallen. So-, he's like, wait, hold on. He's like, fallen soldiers. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, that's so good to be like, why is everyone's having a great time? What is this fun party? And then, like. Uh, and then his dad chastises for saying it's fun, even though they're doing <laughs> fun park activities because it's meant to honor fallen soldiers. is a very funny for a TVPG Santa Claus TV show?
0: Yeah, because everyone just treats Memorial Day like it's another 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> nobody you, nobody treats it uh, like it's... But like-
1: again, Baldi's having a good time with his family in the park, but then when his son notes he's having a good time and wants to know what kind of fun thing are we celebrating... <laughs> He's angry that he doesn't know it's about fallen soldiers, which is also funny because you taught you literally taught your dog tooth like you know what you taught him. <laughs> you know what he does. You're you're teaching know. him some words with different meanings and the right words, so he can't function in society. Why would he know about soldiers and <laughs> that they die in wars? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So uh, there's actually a few jokes in here that I think are. Like, yeah, made me made me kind of laugh out loud. But that is that was one very terrific one. But um, Scott Calvin tries to bring Charlie back, um, and he comes back in oh, the yeah. perfect amount of time. Which is one sequence <laughs> where he tries to bring Charlie back. He goes to visit him
1: and um, asks him join the family of, business. He has a wife and it, kids,
0: and he has a wife and kids. And he kind of mentions like Charlie kind of mentions like they have this conversation a few times in the show that Scott Calvin was kind of an absent father again. That's something that like they the first movie yeah you're right of it makes the sets ending up, weird and like, then the second movie admits and then they're really dwelling on it here that like he didn't do charlie great but charlie had you know uh neil and his other parents around um it's sort of what the it's trying to answer sort of open questions
1: well also reasons. he's like but you always said you wanted to be santa claus and he's like yeah i was a child yeah. right like you know i want i want to be a parent which is also like I think it's it's not a lot, but it is like it's a it's a good insightful parenting moment that like yeah the fun parent who's like I'm gonna take you to the North Pole and be a and your kid loves it so much when he's there and like part of a uh, important part of parenting they always talk to you about are like all the. The books will say is like it's not about doing the big things because, yes, they'll remember the big things, but it's about showing up to everything that's important, right? Like you can't just have a big vacation and then never go to your kids' soccer games because they're going to remember the big vacation, but they're going to remember looking in the stands every single week at your soccer games and noting you weren't there you weren't paying attention or something like that. So, like, that's – you know, it's they don't dwell a lot on that, but that is that kind of like, yes, you did big exciting things for him when he was a kid and now he reflects on that is like – yeah, those were fun, but like, it would have been nice to see you sometimes. Like, yeah. I didn't get to see you that often, and so like, I... I mean that's that's a that's a that's a kind of a a pretty I think sophisticated moment for a show like this.
0: Yeah, I also do love that they end this on a joke. To, so, like, get us out of this very serious moment they end it on yeah. a joke because uh, he hasn't told his wife that his dad's Santa Claus. Yeah, they told uh,
1: him he's a he's a shrimp he's boat like a captain shrimp in Greenland.
0: Somewhere in, like, the Arctic North. Yeah,
1: so he's, when he's eh. like, I want you to take over the family business. She flips out because she's like, I'm not moving to Greenland to live oh. on a shrimp boat.
0: Yeah, she's like and she's she's like making all these jokes about her children like turning
1: into sailors and yeah. like picking
0: up picking up cursing. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very funny. I, I
1: did kind of want to be there. This one of the best parts of any Santa Claus is real moments is when people find out that Santa Claus is real and they do have that at the end kind of with the girl that um my father-in-law Christmas the well, yeah, the, the the son like has a crush on and delivers her a present but I also like I wanted to see the moment where they explained to Charlie I didn't know that Charlie was gonna be gone from the show after the scene but I was like oh good they're gonna do the scene where you're like you told me your father was a shrimp boat captain and he's the, you know, Santa Claus is real. Like, I, that is one of the best moments of these, of these movies. And they really yeah. don't do it once. Too much. They don't do it no, once, they, do they? They they get to do it with
0: um, the girlfriend. Of well,
1: no, but that's what I just said. But they don't really, because he comes down the chimney and gives her... A vase. like there's not the santa claus is real here's the reindeer here's the guy in the suit you see him flying like the first I mean, santa someone Cla- understands that the, the, it's not sure i
0: don't think it's necessarily about like shotgun blasting them with like cgi elves and shit like no i know but about, like, like the, the first of realization
1: there um but the first two santa Clauses had some of the best santa claus real Kel pen,
0: Kel pen and his daughter totally have that
1: they're like uh, I, I guess pillows and stuff they totally, i, I, they I guess them. i guess they do i think there's just nothing that like the first two santa clauses this is an area that they excel in right all the people like when he throws the presents out from under there and it's like the penny whistle for neil and and the part at the um the the teacher's holiday party where he gives everyone the presents and elizabeth mm-hmm. Mitchell's like what is going on here and she He's like, you just gotta believe in magic. Like, those are two really—they're used as climaxes for part of the plot, and they don't really use that here. I think in the same. Like, I, I, I wish they would have had more of those moments.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa has to, since he's been doing this interview process, he eventually has to come clean to the elves that yes, I'm retiring.
1: Did you um, think there was going to be really more fake? About- Did you think there was going to be more fake interviews? It's kind of like I expected a ton of cameos.
0: Yeah, they kind of they kind of don't spend enough money there. Like, there's so many opportunities for like this person could be Santa Claus, and they don't do enough. They
1: only do Peyton Manning.
0: It's it, and the, even that joke is like, are they? Is he friends with Tim Allen? Like, why is he here?
1: Yeah, like I expected a montage of like all the celebrities he's considering, and then everyone gets a line and a funny joke, and the only one is like he's interviewing two people, Calpen. And Peyton Manning and his two, two sons. Like, I think yeah. you could have expanded your executive search a little bit wider. Um,
0: I mean, I guess it, like, it, it in one sense does make sense because it's, it, it's Scott Calvin. Once he accepts that he's got to get out, he's like, all right, these, are, these are my people. One of these people has to take it. And, like, that's the lesson he actually learns in the end is that he rushed out. of Instead of facing the challenge, he rushed out from yeah. the challenge. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways. Um, so he, he says they didn't shed a tear for the last Santa, which is a thing I keep coming back to, something I love about this series, where they keep coming back to, like, shit that was very weird about the old series, like, the fact that when he shows up to the North Pole, they're like, yeah, that guy's dead, right, You're, you're you're the
1: new Santa! (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right. And like he shows up and on Christmas Day the elves are being worked to death. Like they're not even getting like hot well, cocoa. But
1: that's yeah, that is I mean that's one of the funniest things. It's like there's there's all these weird implications for these PG kids movies that like this last Santa really treated everyone like shit and we're happy he's dead. <laughs> like yeah. which is a yeah. which was we talked about that a lot. That's funny. I also thought it would be funny uh if that there was, like, some sort of magic that made elves not care about the last Santa and that they weren't <laughs> going to clap. And, and, like, that was going to be a part of the plot. Like, there was some something that clicked in their brain that was like, oh, Santa's gone. You're not Santa anymore. I don't have any feelings for you. And they were going to be like. Yeah, we've moved on.
0: Yeah. Yeah um but he uh but he then all the elves have a fucking panic and start like punching yeah. each other and yeah. freaking out going into pure riot mode and then he like celebrates a little bit because that means like he actually like made an impact yeah. and will be yeah. missed like i think that's very funny that is funny like, because there's and that is freeze. important that, In a that's very like a... comic sort of setup they all freeze and then they freak out right like it's a simpsons joke they don't just start freaking out the second the words come out of his mouth. Everybody st- holds still for a second in shock, and then it happens.
1: Yeah, I also, I mean, it is like the boomer fantasy, right? Like, you retire from your job, and everyone's like, we're going to miss you so much. We're, we're going to kill ourselves in the parking lot. I do think we're millenni- millennials. Are, I mean, this isn't true of everyone. You know, Generations are broad, but I do think there's a lot more of like, oh, thank God I'm gone forever. Like, fuck. there's There's a little bit more of like, uh, I don't care if I'm respected at my job. Like I just, I, you know, once I'm gone, I'm out of there.
0: People will find, people will find ways around you. And I yep. wish that that's where the show was headed. But in the next episode, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a joke that I really like. that there's a bureaucrat that's trying to pr- like um, uh, document and, n- and uh, make you fill out paperwork for any changes you uh, want to make yeah. at the North pole. And there's a very funny joke about how um, the punch and Judy Thing that we made fun of so oh much. so in the bedroom of Scott oh. Calvin's room there's a punch in the fir- and in Judy the first show. one
1: in the first movie and then in the facing second movie there's the a punch bedroom. facing the bed there's a punch facing. and Judy
0: thing there's a punch and Judy thing. And uh, there's a joke about how they had to fight with this like historical society elf to get it removed because she says it's a miracle we ever had
1: kids. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Because theoretically there's two elves in the room at all times doing Punch and Judy uh, routines. Or there's a rotating shift maybe. I suppose they don't just have...
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. Or they're magic puppets. Regardless, it doesn't make me horny. Um, it
1: also implies again. I know there's a lot of implication for fucked up Santa Claus. We meet Krampus at one point too, which is devil Santa Claus for the plague era. Um, in this,
0: unfortunately, and, he's a good. It's a good costume. It is. They unfortunately don't make any good Krampus jokes. No. Tim Allen just goes, oh, real nice." Like,
1: yeah. Um. But what's funny is that it does imply once again that. It, it it's some sort of North Pole legacy society that's preserving the legacy of the decisions other Santa's made. The other magic Santas. So at some point, some Santa's like put a f- Put a punch in Judy right in my room. <laughs> Facing the bed with a rotating twenty-four hour shift of elves coming in and performing routines. Like someone got his rocks off <laughs> in a not okay way. They're I mean they are not children, but if you make magic hundred-year-old elves that look like children watch you have sex maybe <laughs> or even just watch you yeah. sleep it's not like not cool is what not I ideal yeah no
0: um it's it's at least not ideal um so as we get into like you know past the halfway point of the show um we meet a few more characters one of them that i absolutely what? love and is my favorite new character to add to the bunch um, maybe my favorite character in the show um, there's a so my least favorite thing in the first movie is all the ELFS shit like I don't need like Navy SEALs for elves like oh great it's just, yeah, it's, it's really cringy the kid is like we're elves with attitude yeah it's like my least favorite line reading in yeah. all of cinema history I'm very sorry to that child yeah um, but uh, there's an ELFS agent that has one eye that's just grizzled and pissed off because yeah. of fudget cuts fudget cuts so he's, he's, the, he's the only he's one the left lone guy yeah
1: yeah, he's my favorite too. He, he's fun. so fucking he's funny. He's so funny.
0: It's such a genius idea to have an elf that is—that's an um, old
1: grizzled, grizzled veteran that lost an eye somewhere, and they make a ki- they make a kid the whole time talk like this. Oh, <laughs> yes. I don't like that. It's great. It's fantastic. It's so
0: good, and it's it's great also because you can you can probably tell that like that kid and Tim Allen probably broke a bunch because <laughs> it's very funny to have a child talk to you like that. Um, later in the show Tim Allen makes a joke to him and he makes he says <laughs> he says yeah but just remember there's no i no in team and then and then the the, the this elf says yeah and there's no you
1: in tomorrow <laughs> That is a great joke. That's another laugh out
2: loud.
0: Yeah. Uh it's great. It's, it's great. So He's and he also at a certain point elves start Disappear. So, yeah, hold reason. on. So, so they go we'll back and they there, get, they get, like the, that you, yeah, they, you're, we'll we're in there, kind of episode like three. It becomes like a conspiracy theorist about why magic is disappearing and he, and, and he wears wearing, a magic hat. He wears a tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a Hershey's wrapper. <laughs> that works. That everyone works. makes fun of him for wearing and then he it canonically it he does works. disappear. Yeah. So, uh, so a couple things happen. One, Tim Allen leaves, he notices that Santa Spirit is getting, there's a globe that shows like how black it gets, Santa Spirit. He but he goes to Chicago back with his family, um, and they start their lives and they're like, you know, um, well, you know, we we touched on a few things that happened there because he discovers, as we said, that his kids are like living this kind of hellish existence that he never noticed before. Uh, you know, uh Elizabeth Mitchell, Carol is is Like takes off the bun, which is a joke about like how long that buns have been in because she's free to be herself again. And um, they go back to Chicago and they get all excited. And, you know, the kids are excited to be in life. Carol reconnects with all her old colleagues who see her as a legend. And Tim Allen doesn't know what he's going to do. And he eventually decides, I love Christmas still. I loved being Santa Claus. I'm going to be the best Santa Claus for this family they can be and then separately now you have cal Penn at the north pole who starts making like originally just the santa coat that actually completes the sanification process has gone missing there's a snow witch that i don't need to talk too much about but that's the coat wandered i don't know a
0: buffana the sn- is there other than to recognize that there's like sort of a there's sort of an italian krampus there's like a, yeah. a christmas a christmas witch
1: I mean it's That's nice it's cool. nice to have someone doing a bad Italian accent, even though I think she is the actress is Italian. She was on just shoot me. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's much. not a good accent.
0: Yeah, she's really good in half. It's
1: so bad that she Two could episodes. it's such a bad Italian accent that she could probably be the voice of Mario in the new Super Mario Brothers.
0: Yeah, I think it's so. that bad. Yeah. Um so uh <laughs> she, she gave acting lessons to uh Chris Pratt.
1: Yeah. mamma oh, mia <laughs> <laughs> mama mia
0: <laughs> mushroom village
1: here we come yeah so she the code has wandered to her house um so he, she, he can't complete, it, but he's learning about the delivery system and basically finds out that not only do they know what everyone wants at any given time they can do immediate delivery if they wanted to at any time they don't have to just do it on christmas and that gives him an idea about how to incorporate his drone system into Santa and then what's, you know, they does a lot of things that Santa bad Santa's do, which is try to remove the specialness of Christmas and make it all about presents at all times and make Christmas every year. Uh, because, you know, again, this is a this is a somewhat eye rolling Christmas movie message. But it works on me and why I like Christmas movies and why you might not, if you're listening to this and don't like Christmas movies, may go, yeah, we get it. Uh, Because, you know, he thinks that the season is about getting everything you want. And Tim Allen and the actual Christmas infrastructure is about giving things that mean something to someone. And I know it's still a commercialized holiday, but that is like that's the lock line. So he starts his doing a drunk that Both
0: this and Santa Claus 3 um, were like, can you believe it? Someone trying to commercialize I Christmas. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And you're like, you're like, there are literally people who only, who like associate uh, Santa Claus with the Coca-Cola corporation. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. <laughs> I think that I, not to sound like a Tim Allen type. But I do think that capitalism and commercialization has gotten so bad that the quaint idea of Sanu who delivers you things you want is now seen as, like, wholesome for most non-extreme like religious types and see, like, the idea that anytime you want something from Amazon, you can have it there in six hours if you want it. And, like, it is funny that, like, in the same way that, like, it's like almost like you've got mail syndrome and you've got mail. The Barnes and Noble is the evil, is the evil bookstore. And now we all root for Barnes and Noble as the underdog hero against, because like it's, it's changed. And I, it happened with
0: uh small video stores and yeah. blockbuster too. Now
1: we all have like nostalgia for blockbusters, like the plucky good guy, even though obviously they were not at any point that they were in business, but like, you know, those things do change. And so I think the idea of like, Santa Claus's commercialization and of Christmas is true, but also now compared to what level of that we have in our everyday lives, it seems quaint and wholesome in a way that it didn't 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before we get too far ahead, two jokes that made me laugh a yeah. lot. They're uh, going to put the Scott Calvin's family to sleep to send them to Chicago so they can wake up in their new life like they're in the witness protection program. Um, the, the movie, uh, the show does make a joke about the fact that, like, everyone, the Calvins are so cagey about their past. Like, were you in the Witness Protection Program? Um, but um, they call it Angel Dust, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I Think that, which I think is funny. Um, and then <laughs> Scott's like, we got to call this something else. Uh, and then the other one that I love, which I think is more clever than that, um, is... They wake up in Chicago and his kids, instead of being excited, walk in the room and see Scott Kelvin as, as yeah. thin Tim Allen and start screaming in terror because they've never seen their dad not look like
1: all that. All the
0: Elizabeth <laughs>
1: Mitchell jokes to reassure them is are very funny, too. No, no, no. This regular, pretty standard, generic looking man is your father. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot of just like, uh, yeah, he... This guy's not special, and that is what your dad is really like. T-
0: Tim Allen is very game for how many yeah. jokes are in this series about how about him. He, just, he just looks like an old fuck. <laughs> yeah, He's very game for that, which I like. Because he he definitely could have vetoed any of those jokes. Like, he is the Steven Seagal of this series. Like, he, without him, this doesn't get made.
1: One of the other jokes that I think is really funny is it, just for the type of show it is. Even though it feels a little Catskills comedian type, but it's like, so what? You can just go retire and, like, exist while there's another Santa Claus? What is this, the Vatican? <laughs> Which I think it's is... Yeah, I mean, like, that that feels out of place in a, in a good way. Like, the fact you're making a fact that, like, the last Pope retired and just exists out there, but it's technically just, still the Benedict's Pope. Benedict's just chilling. Yeah.
0: And then when he dies, he's just, like, a cardinal or whatever, just, right?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, he he definitely resigned for suspicious like they're getting they're getting too close. <laughs> yeah. Um something was off. Um yeah, so um,
0: yeah, we're everything now is the company uh, 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 that um that Cal penn's character runs.
1: Also, he become wait, hold on, but uh he, he becomes a delivery driver for the Amazon equivalent. Scott. Yeah, Cameron's. that's where I'm that's yeah. where I'm going.
0: Okay. Um so scott calvin now drives for this this delivery company both the kids are in school they were both uh the daughter was a little freaked out but ends up making friends immediately Mm -hmm. um the son was not freaked out at all and is having a great time and immediately falls in love with a girl who then Um, immediately
1: they removed from school because she didn't make the soccer team
0: yeah, I don't I don't know what's happening there. It's very weird. They like need um, an
1: excuse why they could have another meet cute 5 months later at a Memorial Day party but never ran into each other at school in, from January to May. It's very it's a very bizarre choice. Hey, uh, I, remember me from that one day in school? I never saw you again. Yeah, cuz I didn't make the soccer team. My parents paid play, pulled me out of school. And now I'm the star soccer player of another school. It's like, oh, <laughs> It feels like you paid a screenwriter to lie for you. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? Okay, I right. swear
0: I'm good at soccer. Yeah. That's not the problem. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, thank you for filling in why they haven't seen each other in five months. Yeah. Please don't say I'm bad at soccer. Yeah, don't say I'm bad at soccer.
0: I, my my soccer trophies are at another school. You wouldn't know it. Yeah. It's in Canada. It's in Canada. I
1: ship all of them <laughs> off to be safe because the canadian security deposit box so <laughs> deposit box system is much more sophisticated than america
0: yeah can i actually just while we're here just to cl- to clarify
1: oh yeah i mean we're showing each other that we i don't know if you're gonna see notes on a phone
0: but i did write
1: down this is dog tooth shit <laughs> these oh. kids are so fucking weird Hold on. um Hold on, I don't, I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this. now.
0: probably not. Oh, it just keeps the the active background. The stupid background, out. yeah.
1: So it says it says um, his other his new kids sound like they're in a dog tooth situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but okay, so the the kids are the kids are having a great time. Even his wife is is Carol is is adjusting really great. Um, he's not adjusting well, but he's trying to be a good sport about it. Like family game night and have, and like, you know, do some yeah. deliveries on the side just to make some extra money. Right? There's a
1: lot of, there's a lot of ED jokes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, the, a
0: lot of the series is about like keeping up. He's, he's losing his edge. Yeah. Keeping up sexually. Um, there's a lot of, there is a lot of old man ED jokes. Um, and even, I think one, of, I don't remember the exact wording, but there is a joke about using a little bit of magic as like a bedroom enhancer or something. There's some, there's some joke like that that I I missed the wording on, but I was just like, what are they doing? (laughs) Um, We,
1: we passed over. I, I forgot. I just pulled, pulled back up my notes The the actual one part of this, like the, the, this is like in the second episode when he's like, not they're doing their Christmas planning and going over the naughty and nice list. And he's not having any fun because like that th- that is the one part of the movie that I think it actually is not not des- it's definitely not deserving of articles because who cares but like the whole like you can't even say merry christmas was overblown the part the part that actually makes Scott villain or Scott Calvin seem like a conservative villain is where they're going through kids on the naughty list um and The elves are correcting him when they're like, oh, he's naughty. And they're like, no, actually, he was really struggling with, like, ADHD. And his kids, you know, his parents got him with some nice – like, where they're doing all – where he's naming kids naughty and the elves are saying, actually, here's the reason why. They're Uh, adding context. They're adding context of, like, he's trying his best and this is going on in his life. And Scott gets annoyed and he's like – and there's a line that like is like shitty where he's like, and again, he's supposed to be shitty. Everyone's looking at him like he's shitty, and he quits. But where he's like, in my day, kids were either naughty or nice. They didn't just have ADHD. And it's like, <laughs> okay, buddy.
0: Like it's, it's it's like it's it's like uh it's like inches inches closer to um uh, Amish don't have autism than I want to
1: be. <laughs> yeah. Well, it like the one thing. Like, Fred like, Claus. oh, and
0: so all of a sudden, when they figured out they put autism in the DSM, people started getting diagnosed with
1: autism. Fred Claus is actually <laughs> the one. Yeah, no, I know.
0: <laughs> well, maybe it's because they invented a word, you fucking dipshit. <laughs>
1: um, I also, like, I've come to that idea of like that idea of like the naughty and nice, which, again, in the, in the songs and everything else, I get it. But I, I kind of like that this movie's elves are like, yeah, it's kind of shit. like he actually really struggled with ADHD and he's been doing better since he's been properly diagnosed. And you've decided he's naughty, <laughs> like because that is what people used to basically do to children. Yeah. Um, so, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I was I was a fairly well behaved kid, um, but like a lot of the shit I did as a kid was just because I was like. It's my ADHD shit like
1: or like, just being a chill you know, being a child yeah, shit yeah
0: I was I was I was I was overstimulated <laughs> yeah and nobody gave me any outlets they just told me to shut the fuck up and I was yeah. like all right yeah. Well, Why are you being I... wild
1: all the time? I have <laughs> uh, unlimited energy. I am suffering. I am brimming with the energy of a god. Yeah. What do you mean, like being a child's like just constantly doing cocaine? Of course, I don't want to go to bed. Like, <laughs> there's worlds so big and fun, and there's things I want to do. Like,
0: <laughs> I love that Thirty Rock. Ch- I constantly quote Thirty Rock. Yeah. It's fine. They that they accidentally put um like meth or something in a child's toy. I'm trying. Or maybe it's cocaine in a child's toy. Yeah. And then one of the, the girls are up. These two little. Girls are up at two a.m. Like, we should go to soccer practice right now. And then one of the girls is, is pacing around the room, going, "We
1: own this town." <laughs> yeah, there's not that much different though. There's, it's like an old it's hack not. comedian joke, but like that, like uh, b- taking care of your drunk friends in college prepares you for being a you know parent because it's like yeah. the same thing. Like they don't care where they go to the bathroom, they don't care if anyone's watching or what's going on, and you know they have no sense of like feeling actually sorry about anything that they do uh yeah. well, it can be like something. where are we at i do okay so
0: a few very funny cal pen things and then we can yeah. move on towards the next piece um cal pen as a silicon valley billionaire figure is very funny i do love that at one point he makes a joke about taking their blood they make, oh, a, yeah. peter Thiel, yeah, they they make a peter teal they do they do joke taking the elf's um, blood in case he needs to make more Yeah, and he makes a joke about unions, and one of them goes, what's a union? He goes, I love this place. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then one more, Um, this is not a joke, but this is something that pissed me off so much when I was in college, especially in marketing programs, Mm -hmm. when people would call each other rock stars. Oh, yeah. He goes, Batty, you're a rock star it's the worst fucking thing in the world and made me cringe yeah. every fucking time i heard it
1: yeah that's he's, he's only doing through like silicon valley clichés like yeah um, yeah
0: he's pretty he's pretty funny, he's pretty he, funny. I, li- I like calpen yeah
1: general.
0: so what what's the big plot twist as we go from 4 to 5 which is that elves are starting to disappear it's sort of like the snap in uh marvel like as magic disappears people are turning to dust like oh it feels so good and then um it dust and it's it's when their christmas magic fades to a certain point they uh, rapture away
1: the that episode ends with like the someone emerges and puts a hand on scott's shoulder and you're like who is yeah. it is it the first santa because they there's been a runner joke about like who was the santa before you where do all these rules fr- come from like it does feel like they're seeding the fact that hey remember all that weird stuff about the mythology kind of weird They never figured it out. They ask people all the time, and no one tells them. So, like, I actually thought it was going to be the first Santa, but it's not. It's Bernard. Bernard, who, due to them, I don't know, not wanting to use the Michael Douglas Ant-Man technology to DH him into a child or something, uh, rightfully... Um, it's
0: way fu- what they come up with is way fucking funnier. It's
1: way funnier. The joke about him like being like now I got this thing on my neck that I can't get rid of no matter how many Kegels I do or whatever is, yeah. is very funny. But yeah, Bernard fell They're in love. burpees, not Kegels. Do you say burpees? <laughs> yeah, K- Well, what? maybe that's why he can't get rid of it. He's doing Kegels. He's focusing down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know about exercises.
0: Uh, it's fine. <laughs> um your pelvic floor gets stronger from kegels
2: yeah
1: no i get it burpee burp, burpee i know make, what a burpee is burpees make your burpee floor stronger. um the uh <laughs> so he he's uh he's like i fell in love with a human woman and gave up my elf hood it's kind of weird
0: yeah i love i kind of love this joke because it is it, it's, it, it, it's setting up it's setting up why he looks neck. like he looks it, why he looks like he looks which and instead of doing the de-aging technology instead of recasting him, any of that and then the joke at the end is that he fell in love with a human woman and he had to give up immortality because of it and the joke at the end he opens up a picture It's <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, that's right <laughs> that is i forgot how good that joke is because then he's like "Ooh, doesn't the age difference get you and you're like yeah obviously i'm a few hundred years older than her but she keeps me young <laughs> <laughs> that, that she's, and, he's married to Academy Award winner Vanessa, Vanessa Redgrave.
0: Award. and um they uh I like that there's there's a name for it but he essentially went on um an elf rumspringer. um which oh yeah like elves will go and live in like the human world for a little bit to like make sure they still want to be elves which I feel like is a cute and funny lore addition that like mm. hey if you want after you 500 know, years. You don't have to, you don't have to fucking, yeah. like, you don't have to fucking work for Santas just indefinitely. Do, you just have to do
1: 500 years.
0: You can just be like, i a out. Little break? Yeah, you can take a little break. You can get out forever. It's actually more li- more liberating than the actual Rumspringa. No. <laughs> um, Come back. Don't sin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do not like, this is, episode five is where I might... This is what I don't like. It's way too precious and self conscious. I, I like that like, they
1: go to the great. So, the first they go back, it's black and white. He's like, I gotta show you some people. I like this scene. It's with the guy who plays, uh, is it Ted on Parks and Recreation? Jerry. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry of course.
0: Um, I, think it's, I think it ends up being Gary Gurgich, was one of the last jokes.
1: Is that his name? Uh, people have been saying his name wrong the whole time. So, side note, I've been re listening to Analyze Fish um r.i.p. Mm -hmm. Harris Whittles and the that i thought that like if you asked me when parks and recreation went off the air i would have said 2017 it was 2014 yeah we're old man um and so like I, i haven't watched it since then i i didn't even do the the reruns thing and it's not that like i mean i love the first couple seasons but i you know Rewatched watched it and so like the fact that that show is
0: like uh that show was for me like uh how i met your mother where i disliked the last season so much that i can't i expect. think
1: that was it i don't even remember what happened in the last season i remember they did a time jump which i liked conceptually and then i didn't like anything that they did with it and so like yeah no. i didn't i didn't i never went back to it um but anyway uh yeah so they go back to the depression era and they meet jerry Ger, Ger-, Ger- fitch Jerry Gergich from, Gergich, Rack. Gergich from Parks and Rec, from Parks and Rec, and he is like, "You think you lost your Christmas spirit?" Very funny scene. But then they bring out all the Santas and they talk about how, yeah, that there was no one that really died. Every other Santa's been magic. When we said that these were the first two kids that were raised in the the North Pole, it's because there was never a Mrs. Claus. There was never we created all of these things to build the perfect santa which needed a human touch
0: yeah i i also when i was watching this i i i I felt this is that i i almost thought i was gonna completely go off the deep end on this uh show and like hate it at the end of it um it ends up getting me back right in the end but Mm. um one piece that really bugs me here is they keep showing all these white santas (laughs) and i was like oh it just it just clicked with me this would be a good show to finally give us a canonical santa of color give us an actual black yeah. santa something like that obviously um Cal Penn is not
1: hold on but they do there one one of them is is a santa yeah. santa of color in the background but, in that group
0: yes but my 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 point here is that like i was like wait Cal Penn would be a really like if When the show starts, having him have some sort of redemption arc and be, like, an actual good replacement for Santa, like, that would be a pretty cute thing to have. Like, actually, like, a Southeast Asian Santa. um, Yeah. A Indian American Santa, what have you. Someone someone that, you know, uh, isn't necessarily someone that looks like Tim Allen and sort of passing the baton on that way. Like, that's... Like, that, that would have been a, a nice ending, too. It, it's just there's, there's a few ways that this could have ended, I think, that, like, would have been, like, pretty cool and interesting and, like, a little daring. Uh, probably would have pissed off conservatives, but...
1: Yeah. I know having one, like, black Santa in the background of a group of all the magic Santas is, like dictionary definition tokenism, but I'm kind of glad they did it because there is a lot of things about I could just tell that guy wasn't meant to be Santa, that, like, if every past Santa is white and now you have the first person of color that is, like, supposed to be Santa and everyone's distrustful of him and, like, I just could tell he wasn't cut out to be Santa. Like, it does add a weird racial undertone Mm -hmm. that, like, is uncomfortable. So, again, yes, it's, like, it is tokenism to say, like, here, look at all these Santas, most white... One Asian, one black, one devil, the grand. Santa. <laughs> but, like, thank, like, I am glad they did that because there's a lot you could read into how everyone thinks that, hey, Cal Penn's just not right for this job for some reason. I get a bad vibe from him if, they if like, every past Santa was white.
0: I do think Cal Penn would be a pretty good successor to Tim Allen because he's relatable, he's approachable, um he's self-deprecating i would have liked to see him
1: in the suit i would have liked to he see the sanification be inspiring he does i mean he, he, he doesn't do that the sanification yeah i would like that'd be to great see that.
0: yeah yeah that'd be great um, they don't do they Yeah, don't do let's it let, let's get to let's get to the end
1: um so tim tim allen um well oh, hold can, on really quick in that episode also uh santa's son tells the girl that he has a crush on that the truth, which a lot of people in this movie haven't been doing, and she thinks he's a liar, and he says, okay, I understand. Completely get why you would think I was a liar, but Christmas Eve, stay up, watch the chimney, I'll make sure you see my dad, and then you'll know that I'm not a liar.
0: Yeah, there's a few annoying kind of Disney product placement things in the show. Um, oh, the
1: Loki, because his, his, his brother, her brother, brother wants, wants
0: a Loki Funko Pop or some shit. Okay. Um, and then earlier, uh, there's a pretty funny joke where they're in line at a, like, Logan Square bakery. Um, it's a made-up bakery in Chicago. Um, and he, and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, he, uh, Scott Calvin goes up to, like, a little kid with a Yoda toy. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I'm really glad you're enjoying that. Like, I, we were really excited to give it to you. And then, like, a little boy and his mom leave uncomfortably. And then Carol is like, you can't just yeah. pretend you're, so- I like,
1: I People like that he keeps his Santa I like that he keeps his Santa powers like that. He like technically still has all that stuff and he just has to like not use them.
0: Yeah, I think I just think it's I just think it's very funny that like when, when Tim Allen does Santa shit, it's creepy and weird. But when Santa Claus does yeah. it, it's funny because that's also a joke in the previous movies. Yeah, it's like that. that Oh, the him sitting Claus at episode.
1: the park. Yeah, the, 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 him sitting at the park bench while kids go up and sit on his lap, you know, it's weird. weird, it's weird. It's It's why, it's why he gets, he's not allowed to see his child anymore. Yeah.
0: It's also a thing in the very first episode. uh, He goes and he sees the little girl from uh, the original Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Soy milk. It's played by Casey Wilson. Yeah. She's played by Casey Wilson. And things that's a funny cameo. Yeah. It's a funny cameo. I don't think things are going very well for that character. Well, that's Um, the,
1: that's the joke she's living
0: with her she's living with her parents she, she
1: she lost her house and had to move back with her parents and she's divorced she, now yeah
0: and she, the first thing she does when she sees sees Santa Claus and throws a wine bottle at him yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: and but that's the thing is that like she immediately treats him like an intruder because she's not a little kid anymore no. and San, and Scott Calvin has to be like hey 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 like I'm Santa Claus you remember this when you were, when you were a little kid
1: like you know he's like you always like, meant so much to me
0: yeah, and she's like trying to jog her memory. Whatever. Yeah. I do like those little jokes. Um, well, that's an important part:
1: is how you get Christmas spirit back. Is you got to start jogging some of these people's memory.
0: Yes, yes. All right. So the last episode, we've got a <clears throat> you've got to um, defeat uh, Cal Penn's character, and Scott Kelvin and his family need to get back to uh, the North Pole. Mm-hmm. They do this by uh, they find some horses on uh, a sleigh um and the little the the uh daughter of the family um imbues them with some sort of magic power um along with scott and talks to them and sort of makes them the stand-in reindeer and then the son can see the portals that they go through yeah they both have Um, a
1: part of the magic of santa which is why he realizes that like Oh, my family, I, instead of like doing this thing that the, my family lives in the North Pole and I did Christmas and they just existed within the North Pole in support of me, I should have made them all part of Christmas. Yes. Which is where, which is where it's going to end.
0: Yes. Yes. So, um, really quickly, how do we defeat, uh, Cal Penn? Um, first, uh, Scott Calvin, uh, determines <laughs> to team up with the, one of the last remaining elves, which yeah. is, I-patch of course, guy. the, the eye patch guy, the grizzled LFS guy.
1: They get put in jail.
0: And then they, they get put in jail and they're doing like the jail thing. And I do love that he's like, You want to know how I lost my eye? And Tim Allen's character's like, Not really. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not know. Bad. That's... no.
1: <laughs> he doesn't just tell the story either. We don't know. No, no, no. That's a classic naked gun, like Princess Bride type joke where yeah. like that I always love. It always works for me that like, Hey, as long as we got some time, you want to learn how I've got, (laughs) Yeah, I lost the sight. He's like, no, actually we got a lot more important things. We got to figure out like how we're going to get out of jail. And he's like, Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's like, no, this is not the time to tell me why. Yeah. The bars in the jail are licorice. They could have got out any time, but they do get rescued after Elizabeth, a very funny callback to the worst part of Santa Claus too. Um, he finds uh, – Cal Penn finds out there's a standing to, uh, army that they can – soldiers yeah. that they can use. and toy soldiers, the, yeah. the toy soldiers from – that the Mussolini robot Santa used in Santa Claus 2 and he unleashes them. And Elizabeth Mitchell's had enough of them and uh, beats – goes berserk and kills all of them.
0: To what song?
1: Oh, uh, 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 uh bang with another of those block rocking beats. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: that,
1: and, that, and, that, it, and is that. The, it is
0: the worst – fight scene i've ever seen in cinema history. there's
1: almost so no bad. i should note there's almost no christmas needle drops it's all bizarre like i love block rock and beats by the chemical brothers it's just kind of weird that like it has these random needle drops that are based on like what possibly what they get a license to that fits with the scene but there's like is there a christmas song at any point in this movie I, yeah I don't there's understand. lots of there's lots of them in the orchestral score so they work in
0: Silent Night and Greensleeves and all that shit. No one CD starts singing like for run
1: for... Ro- run Rudolph at any point. Yes. It's like but it's like no... almost non non Christmas pop music for the two You're you're Beatles correct.
0: Drops. There's no needle drops. There is Christmas music. Like during sweet moments they use they, they use um yeah. yeah like my last note, Christmas Chemical Brothers.
1: What? My last note was Chemical Brothers.
0: <laughs> I was like, it, we can't not talk about <laughs> this after <laughs> our techno <laughs> episode <laughs> we did. <laughs> after the the worst fight scene i think in cinema history i love i love that right after that that incompetence there's a genuinely very kind of scary image of the santa coat creepily crawling oh yeah the floor. like it's that weak is, and
1: dying yeah it's in, bizarre
0: in isolation that's scarier than anything i've seen in any of the christmas horror yeah movies it's like fucking in fa-
1: it's like in fabric
0: yeah or um it's like if uh there was a christmas uh invisible man movie yeah um it's it's genuinely scary <laughs> like out of context obviously in context it's just like a, a, a cool little effect um and there's a fight over the, there's a fight over the coat. Um, and of course, this is similar to the, how all and, these. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Very obvious. The daughter was going to be like, are you the bad guy? Yeah. And, and realize that he is the bad guy. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. 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 So, well, but I mean, S- Scott Calvin's a little more deferential He's like, no, he lost, you know, he, there's no such thing as a bad guy. So maybe he has learned the naughty, nice thing. He's lost his way, and he gives him a snow globe to remind him of kind of a heavy part uh, for, like, a kid show that, like, yeah, it's their last Christmas with uh, the their kid's mom who died of, I don't, don't know. or something? Yeah, Some yeah. terminal illness? Yeah, and it's their last Christmas, and he's like, I'm going to provide for her, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it has a great life. And, and she's like, how about just, you know, all I care about is you being a dad to her. And he remembers that and realizes that he's he's uh, lost his way with what he should be providing to his daughter. And then everything's good. And then Cal Penn is like, I'm going to help you try to save Christmas because I know we only have a few hours left and bring the elves back
0: when they bring the magic of through their belief in magic, they bring the magic of Christmas back, which brings all the elves back and Betty and Noel have like a sweet reunion and stuff. I I do. I do genuinely really like Maya
1: was Maya was so invested. I think, I think the idea, I think she was intrigued by the concept of these clearly child actors who were married. Like, I think it was like, Amusing to them That they her. have this
0: deep developed relationship yeah because you just don't centuries. you don't you don't
1: see that from chill like obviously they're not chilled they're they're playing on people who are hundreds of years old but Maya was very invested in their relationship and was very happy when they ended up back together
0: yeah yeah I I don't it doesn't ring as creepy to me the way I think it probably does for some people it actually they don't have like a open
1: me. mouth kiss which I think may have been pushing it because they're elves and they they just like nose snuggle. Yeah, we
0: watched oh, we were talking about Fuller House. Um yeah.
1: Dogtooth has some ago. of their children with some open mouth. Cases.
0: <laughs> yes. We were talking about uh Fuller House three years ago, Christmas time, and we were talking about um how there's uh there's some children that are having a love plot and it comes across not as sweet and innocent, but it comes across as creepy and leering. Yeah. <laughs> um this nails the sweet and innocent kind of portion where they're just like they're clearly just, like, very enamored with, like, who each other is as yeah. people. It's it's not trying to, like, create intimacy between yeah. children. It yeah. is completely safe. Um, love it. Um, and then, yeah, they need, to, they need to deliver Christmas presents, but they haven't been making presents, right? Yeah. So the present this year for everybody, and, you know, kind of switches things up, the present for everybody is a snow globe that gives you your Christmas memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have this very sweet montage to "You Can't Always Get What You Want" um, by the Another Rolling
1: Stones. Classic but, Last Classic Christmas Song.
0: Though I will say, the first movie, most of the needle drops are like ZZ Top style shit. It's oh yeah, they like, yeah, they, yeah. It's mostly just kind of dad rock shit, right? But but uh, I mean there's now not- yeah now I don't
1: know what to tell you Chemical Brothers your dad rock now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're all dying, Peter. We're all dying, yeah. I, I watched Lethal Weapon the other day. Lethal Weapon has more classic Christmas needle drops than the entire Santa Claus series, I'm telling you.
1: I'm sure in two and three they have more. But I guess you just watched I, it. So. I
0: just watched them. Two has two has one at the beginning, which is um
1: Oh because yeah, they the it's playing too loud. And the, yeah, the government yeah, can yeah. hear.
0: Have a great, uh, Spencer Breslin is playing, yeah, some like 80, 80's uh uh, uh
1: yeah. Um, Jingle Bell Rock or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like Jingle Bell Rock, exactly. Um, but, like, th- I'm telling you, Lethal Weapon as a movie has more classic Christmas songs in it <laughs> than the entire Santa Claus series. I'm sure that's um, true. Uh, if you're counting needle drops, not like, you know, classical cues. Anyways, they play You Can't Always Get What You Want, and a great montage that kind of brings me like back to really being on board here. Um, the last episode in general kind of brings me back to being on board um and everyone's getting their christmas memories it's a nice mix of families there there's a there's a set of parents no there's a set of parents uh that are a man and a man and uh they have a son and like that's like the first set they show which i think is like very sweet they're like very much opening up the idea of like what like christmas morning means for people yeah. um and sure a diverse tim, tim allen fucking races. shit blood when
1: he saw that yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're showing it I mean I know this is like fucking this is like generations too late like this should this should not be surprising at all I'm not giving them actual credit for this I'm just saying it adds to the sweetness of the moment it's, You get it, to see people well, all sorts it, of it's, different backgrounds It's
1: better growth. than much like the, the 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 fact that some most while most of the Santas were white not all of them were white it like it's better than none like okay. one is not good it's better than none <laughs> yes yes and i'm merely saying that this scene i know what you're saying don't be so defensive i'm not calling you out
0: you're canceled i'm merely saying that the scene actually hit me very nicely because i like to see that when i think of christmas i think of people of all various backgrounds and colors and racial and religious racial and religious denominations and groups uh coming together and uh being as one because ultimately we have so much in common as people Mm uh we do do not actually have that much indifferent as, as people as, as crazy as that sounds uh, in the modern. Yeah, modern and it's okay age. if people are so, different. You don't need to stop them. Idea. I didn't cry uh, in this this uh, this montage, but I did feel a little the little tingle of Christmas joy. Uh, I got came back after all the craziness of episode five, and I was feeling pretty good. So. I I liked the show. I liked it a lot. I was like, while we're talking about it, I realized like how often I was laughing. Like, yeah, routinely every, routinely every five minutes I had an actual
1: laugh. Yeah. it's, it's It's under 30 minute episodes. It's pleasant. I, I think it's a hard, if you have somehow listened to all this and are like, I don't like Tim Allen and I don't like the Santa Claus movies. I don't think this is going to be the one that wins you over. No. But I think if you like Tim Allen and or you like the Santa Claus movies, this is a fun new Christmas watch for you. And if you have kids, one that you can show your kids and have a good time with. It's, it's a tough recommendation. Like, there's so many things that if you if you've been listening to this episode and not been scoffing at 50% of the things that we say then you probably already were planning to watch it like i yeah. this is this is this is one of those things where watching this show or the santa claus movies to you list you the listener could be a cursed christmas activity that you would have to participate in for me and peter who again have a uh nostalgic affection for the platonic boomer ideal that tim allen represents and a love of the santa claus as a christmas franchise this is great this is about as good as you could ask for for something like this
0: yeah and so i actually before i start my final thoughts i want to talk about something we haven't touched on so far which is that they have a mini opening theme section uh in every episode is a little like off character for the show, but I It's love just, it. it's
1: totally it's totally off character. Maya loved it I, too. I love it's, it. It, it's weird because the opening thing with Santa Claus is him doing a loop-de-loop to catch a donut with the reindeer, which they then do again in the opening theme of him like throwing food up with a big mouth and it's it's kind of like they did that it's first personal, yeah yeah it's like they wrote that scene first and it doesn't come back it's like just a weird intro and then they designed the title credits to match something that i presume someone thought it was going to be a Something that happens more often, which is throwing up food and doing loop-de-loops to catch his mouth. But it only happens the once.
0: And then I couldn't the get any answers online. I actually Googled this because I wanted to find out, like, did they hire a big production company and spent some good money on this? Because it looks great. It's this, like, yeah. very, very cool, like, weird psychedelic thing where they, like, have, like, a slowed down, like, uh, slowed down, weird, um, like, hallucinatory Five to eight second moment, and then a marshmallow lands in Santa Claus's open mouth, and he's got like big bug eyes, like it's fucking fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then it just shows the whole family standing there, and then it plays like dun 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 dun, yeah. dun 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 dun, and and then it ends. Like it's it's a it's a micro theme. I'm not sure what they're calling those these days. They do it for streaming when they know that you're not actually gonna sit there for a two minute theme. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I I thought it was great, but like. <laughs> So the show is not on par with that. The show is not some sort of like revolutionary stylistic reassessment of what the old uh, the old paradigm was. This is not dragging Tim Allen, kicking and screaming into a new world. What it instead is, is a very fun, cute Christmas series written by some very talented writers. It has a nice mix of humor Um, some stuff for kids, some stuff for adults. Um, some very clever jokes, but it never does the Fuller House thing where it's like,
1: no, that's never. It's never weirdly like, hey, like you know, these kids they fuck now, and even though canonically Charlie does, yeah, he does. Like, sorry, fam, Charlie fucks now, but they don't make like a big horny deal out of it. They just know like this is a grown adult man who has a wife and who has two kids. We're not going to put the connections that he fucked, all right? They could be adopted. We don't know their whole story. It's heavily implied, It's heavily implied he fucked at least twice. But, again, that's okay. It's not the part of the scene which is, like, as opposed to Fuller House, which is, like, all all their dads are dead from a fire, I think. (laughs) Once again. One fire. The curse. The one fire, but still knocked out their dads. Uh, this this family is cursed <laughs> to live in this house and bring friends together to raise uh, raise children. And these kids, they're lonely because their dad died. Or not the kids, the grown up, the wife, they're lonely because their husband died in fire. They gotta get out there and fuck. And yes, there are the, the adorable kids that you loved when you were younger, but now they're I don't know, what to tell you like everyone else, they yeah. grow up. They gotta get slippery, <laughs>
0: and they're slippery
1: oh i wouldn't go that far <laughs> um
0: but yeah so i i yeah i i genuinely like this is not a revolutionary thing this is no. not some radical reassessment of no. the formula
1: it's and not instead, it's not even what, as good as santa claus one or two
0: <laughs> i would say it's better than
1: two overall,
0: i have a weird affection for
1: sure. 50 percent of
2: two
0: y- yeah i love the two. other 50 percent. is pretty dire
1: <laughs> it is yeah
0: um it's but better it than two it's better than two overall and it's probably on par with one because i think it one is the like has a consistent sense of humor yeah um and uh this one also has a very consistent sense of humor um it gets really sweaty towards the end i really don't like the idea that there's gonna be more of it it kind of takes some of the magic away from i thought we were saying goodbye to scott kelvin um boomer should retire um but he's the, almost 70 but this is this is this is like a like hey. a genuine piece of like Christmas joy that I had this year, and it was something I was looking forward to every yeah. week. <laughs> I watched it week to week.
1: Yeah, I watched it all, and oh, no, we watched like five episodes, and then we waited till the last one just because from a timing perspective. But yeah, it is. I I like new Christmas stuff. You and I have like Christmas watch lists that get pretty deep in like yeah. We've seen so much of the stuff, and then I mean. Just a couple years ago, we did a Spooktober Christmas thing where we watched like 30 or 40 new to us Christmas movie. Like, I'm not – there's still great Christmas movies I haven't seen. They still make good Christmas movies. I'm not at the bottom of the barrel, but I am looking for more esoteric things. And so having something that just was generally related to something I already love and was generally delightful – and And one thing that the Santa Claus movies have always been really good at is you can have good Christmas movies that don't fill you with the, the ineffable Christmas spirit. Santa Claus movies, Elf and some of those other ones do a good job. Like, I love Christmas vacation, but I love it because it's a funny movie about Christmas. It doesn't fill me with the joy of the holidays. It's you know antithetical to that. It I actually never...
0: only gets sweet in like the last three minutes.
1: Yeah, but it's not like yeah, it's it's not like it an and elf. a few
0: time to- and a few different beats throughout. But like, generally, like it's it's it's, it's, it's not it's about
1: more... the magic of Christmas and so much. Yes. The, and the ma- because the magic of Christmas is so generic, so many movies do it poorly too. So, so but like Santa Claus, Elf. uh, Some of these other movies, or even like It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street, do have that whatever that ineffable means to something different spirit of Christmas thing. So having something I love that meets those requirements, does have that fun spirit of Christmas energy, was a great little surprise. And again, if you weren't on board with just Santa Claus, Tim Allen TV show, nothing we said over the last two and a half hours is going to change any of that for you. Don't bother trying. Uh, You probably were surprised that we – didn't go what the fuck is this for the whole time <laughs> but go listen to santa with muscles or fred Claus, and you can hear yeah uh, that's, or or elf's christmas, christmas special. special so yeah next week uh next week we're gonna release a couple christmas classics christmas will be done but we have a santa claus episode we have a full house episode and we love the both of those and we're gonna re-release them and then in january we're doing an orphan month that i think we announced at one point, like back in February, beside before we made some changes with uh, Theo being born, which was the failed sci-fi franchise month, we're yeah. doing that to kick off January, which is Jupiter Rising, The Mortal Instruments. Um, uh, 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 uh what's uh, what's the what's the Robert Rodriguez movie?
0: Alita, Battle Angel.
1: Alita, Battle Angel, and of course, uh, Valerian
0: um yeah yeah i i've been pushing for this for a long time i'm genuinely very fucking pumped about it i've seen three
1: Um, of the movies and i like all three of the movies i've seen
0: this is not gonna be i've not seen the mortal instruments it's not gonna be a cursed month but we are gonna be discussing like why why didn't they work out why are these movies basically like uh, if i we said all these like i I imagine there's people listening that are like what the fuck is mortal engines
1: (laughs) oh is that what i thought it was the mortal instruments
0: uh mortal uh, mortal engines
1: the oh. peter jackson movie yeah well produced by mortal engines 2018 what's mortal instruments uh i look like i'm acting like the the option couldn't be i just heard a word wrong <laughs> impossible mortal instruments directed by christian rivers hmm. oh Mortal instruments is a different oh, thing back in my day it was just called jordan Oh, yes, of course. I thought we were talking about the series of six young adult fantasy novels written by American author Cassandra Clare. Obviously. Oh, no. City of Bones. Isn't that... Wasn't this made into a movie? Are you sure we're not doing the Mortal Instruments? Hold on. Film adaptation. Mortal Instruments series of bones. We're doing Mortal Engines. That's a different thing? Yeah. Hmm. Well, this was a failed franchise, too. Peter.
0: Yeah there's quite a few but I don't, don't think Mortal Instruments is sci-fi right?
1: I don't know Peter. I've never seen <laughs> it.
0: I would look it up if it was a real thing. <laughs> Are you looking at source? It doesn't look sorcery?
1: like I mean kind of. It looks like divergent uh, uh, Hunger Games stuff.
0: I uh, got it, got it, got it. Anyway, so we're tackling uh, failed sci-fi franchises from... But very past-
1: explicitly Mortal Engines, not Mortal Instruments, City of Bone. Yes. The recent... You keep your City of Bone in your pants, as they say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but franchises that were DOA, generally speaking, Battle, Alita, Angel, Alita, Battle Angel, whatever. Battle
1: Angel what Alita, which is good.
0: James Cameron can Cameron. shake the earth and make that happen if he wants to, um, but I... I we're, I'm still contending that that sequel's not happening. <laughs>
1: uh, no, I don't think so. Good movie. I, li- I mean, I like Jupiter Ascending, I like Battle Angel, and I like um, uh, the other one. Valerian yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, so. studios will
0: spend a lot of money to make James Cameron happy. I do not know if they'll finance a second Alita Battle Angel movie, but I could be wrong.
1: Well, if this next movie makes $80 billion, maybe he'll just do it for wants fun. Anything comes out. Yeah. 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 Alright, well, we'll see you in 2023. Hope you guys have a wonderful holiday great christmas if you celebrate and a good new year uh and we'll see you wiser a little older a little tired
0: a little more pre- presenter hopefully
1: yeah my city of bones will be a little more uh <laughs> vacant fertile <laughs> I don't know. good night
2: Christmas, Christmas come on, every year I wait for Christmas to come, it's alright, it's all right.
1: Christmas, Christmas, come on. Thank you so much for listening to We Love
0: to Watch
2: Mmm, <laughs> <laughs>